you hear that sound. That is the sound of the wabs crashing against a ba. But it's not just any ba, it's a ba watch. Whoops, I mean Baywatch, because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. Wow. Wow, are you? I I guess so. That I started making noises with the hopes that something funny would happen, and it it, it didn't. So I just kept going. <laughs> it, sometimes that happens. Yeah. Story of our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we are lucky enough to be joined by a wonderful guest, someone we've had on the podcast. Uh, I don't remember how many times now, but a few. Three? Uh, Reeves, welcome back to the podcast. So, the confusion is, is that it was two uh, episodes, but one was a two-parter, so three times. Right. Three total episodes. Yes, yes. So it, It's felt like a thousand. Uh, yeah, no, because we've, <laughs> we've talked about this dumb show before, so... So extensively before <laughs> that it it feels like that. But uh, have we? I, don't know. I thought the point of the podcast was two men who have never watched Baywatch before with yeah. with a guest who's never watched Baywatch before outside of the episodes <laughs> that you've <laughs> kindly asked him to watch. And for whatever, kindly? whatever dumb reason keeps <laughs> keeps agreeing to it. <laughs> you know, Reeves, this makes you a Baywatch expert. Yeah. Oh, God. Put it on your resume. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank God I'm not thinking about changing careers anytime soon. <laughs> well, you know, Reeves, you could become like, screw DJ Reeves Richards, DJ Baywatch. No, mm. abs- absolutely refuse. I've you've you've made me read through enough lyrics for the original music of this show to where that that honestly makes me want to like uh, to just walk into the Ballard Channel and just <laughs> well, <laughs> never be heard well, from Reeves. again. Don't worry. There's going to be more of that. In fact, there's going to be so much. of uh, Well, not that much of it. But what you should expect is to talk more about Baywatch Season 4, Episode 4, Blindside, written by Deborah Schwartz, directed by Douglas Schwartz, aired October 4th, 1993. Starring Let's Sandra talk- Bullock. Wait, are we... Did I did I watch the wrong thing? Oh, uh, well, that was probably probably better. Even though I don't like Blindside that much. Eh, yeah, it's fine. We're getting distracted, anyways. <laughs> distracted on this podcast? I know. Whoa. Possibly be right before the guest stars segment. I Whoa. know. <laughs> uh, f- fun thing. I only like Sandra Bullock and like one or two things i'm i'm just not that big a sandra bullock fan i think that's fine i don't know that i've seen much of her work honestly there's miss congeniality which is great. classic yeah amazing uh what else do i like her in i don't know if i like her in anything else <laughs> uh there's what's that one in space was it gravity speed two yes uh, speed. Oh, speed. Yeah, I forgot about speed. Speed. Speed's good. No, I, I said speed uh, too, though. The one that takes place on a boat, because yeah, I know. But like, why not? It's all speed. It's all speed. Yeah. Okay. It's all. Uh, it's all. We can't let this get under fifty miles per hour or whatever fifty miles per hour is. And oh, that's. <laughs> oh, you mean a crank? That crank. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with Jason Statham. Um, 
speaking of random actors, uh, oh our God. first guest star is John Allen Nelson back as John D. Court, one of our favorite lifeguards. Uh, yeah. There's really not many to have as favorites. So <laughs> he's uh, he's got a hell of an entrance this episode. Yeah, we have we haven't yes. seen him. And as someone who has no idea who John D. Court is, he does have a bit of an entrance. <laughs> yes, Court Court is Court is like the cool one. He's the bad boy. Um, you know, yeah. he's always been sort of like this cowboy who, like doesn't play by the rules. He's kind of like the Sonic the Hedgehog of Baywatch. <laughs> Outlaw country. Well, Outlaw he had the country. <laughs> Outlaw Sonic. Um, <laughs> he he had a bar fight scene. Sonic had True. a bar fight scene, you know. I think I think both of them were actually in fact the impetus for our rating scale was a court fight scene. I, I think the impetus was God. Uh, <laughs> God is Sega. Happy Passover and Happy Good yeah. Friday, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yep. not to give happy. not to give away when when we're recording this, but <laughs> so to give that away, we originally were, go- were supposed to record this episode around St. Patrick's Day, which would have meant yes. that Reese would have had so many great St. Patrick's Day jokes, yeah. uh, which mm-hmm. you can still tell they just won't make a lot of sense. But that's funnier. <laughs> Uh, God, so much funnier. Anyways, uh, Court is uh, important. He was a main character at in the last half of season one, okay. and uh, so he his whole thing is like he can't stay in one place and he's always traveling around. Um, but everyone kind of likes Court. Lord, he was and, born uh, a rambling man. Got it. Yep, <laughs> and uh, we haven't seen him since season two. Okay, now. Actual guest stars. First up, we have Zach Norman, who plays Valdez. <laughs> Zach Norman is one of these guys where either he or someone he knows edits his Wikipedia because it's oh. way too detailed. Now, <laughs> let me tell you about a few things he's done. He played Ira in Romancing the Stone. Uh, he sure. played Harry uh, Munchak in Cadillac Man. Okay, And he even played... Norm Gingold in Gums. Do you know Gums? No. I mean, I have some, but I've never heard of uh, it as a, like, movie or TV property. Well, get ready. Oh, Here's the description. No. Uh, you just... Please hold your reactions until I finish the description. Please. Sure. Okay, thank you. A killer nympho mermaid with an oral fixation... <laughs> Prowls the ocean waters, devouring, up to a point, any man unlucky enough to be swimming naked. You may react now. Well, I mean, it sounds um, it sounds like something that Cinemax produced. Oh, that does right, sound like that. That's right on the money. Yeah, that's what that sounds like. Now, uh, yeah. I'd like to tell you some character names from Gums. Oh, Are you no. ready? Not really, but Please. go ahead. First up, we have... Captain Carl Clitoris. Wow. You know what? This might be okay. too lowbrow for Cinemax if that's one of the names of the people. <laughs> Next up, we have Dr. Cy Smegma. Smegma? Mm. What? <laughs> Don't like that. <laughs> Next up, Dora Coxswain. That's, that's just lazy writing. 
And yeah. la- lastly, we have Deputy Dick. I take everything I just said. That's lazy writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, I think it's it's from like the 70s or 80s. So it's it's an old movie. Oh, OK. Um, yeah. So it's it's. Yeah. So it sounds like it's not really like Cinemax movie. It sounds like it is like it's grindhouse like to the maximum like it's yeah they, it's, yeah like it's 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 not like they were making this the same time they did Rome or yeah. something you know yeah okay yeah no this was this would be a movie that i'm sure you know uh, quentin tarantino has has watched <laughs> oh yeah. yeah early early sex yeah. kind of stuff i do like the idea though that like maybe they were making spartacus and they're like here is julius caesar and here is dr sice megba <laughs> <laughs> uh. All our channel has to offer. Anyways, next up. I welcome the Knights of March. <laughs> <laughs> next up, we have Andrew Keegan, who plays Landon Thompson. He is best Ooh. known as Joey Donner from 10 Things I Hate About You, oh. an actual oh. real role. Yeah. 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 Or you may know him as Nick Kotov in 2014's April Rain which is an Expendables knockoff. Or huh. you may know him from a, Midnight's, uh, sorry, a Midsummer Night's Rave. It's Shakespeare, but at a rave. A Midsummer Night's Rave? Yes. Oh, my God. Sure, sure. Okay. Or maybe you know him as Stager in Kill Speed, which also Ooh. stars Nick Carter, Tom Arnold, and Bill Goldberg for the wrestling tie-in. Here's, <laughs> here's the description. Best friends fly home-built, high-tech planes to deliver drugs from Mexico to California in order to fund their Hollywood lifestyle. I mean, who does Wow. Mm. I know. That's what I do. That's what this podcast is. Yeah. It's a front. Yeah. It's a front. Yeah. It's a, it's a money laundering front where we... Lose money. Yeah, we we launder the money to Don't other people. Make any of it back. It's like cryptocurrency. <laughs> no, I'm done. I mean, kind of. Uh, yeah, in a way, in that it's kind yeah. of stupid and it loses us money. There it Some is. people find it cool, but those people are a little bit off. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Reeves, I understand you have some people to tell us about. I do, and not to give the game away like too much, but you uh you delegated some some folks to me and I and I Whoa, yeah. breaking the fourth wall. Breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> and the only reason I mentioned I thought that, you were so interested. Uh sure. Uh <laughs> I um and I discovered pretty quickly like why why you did that and it was because yep. one one of the uh, the other guest stars is a uh, is a Jorge uh, Gonzalez who plays Manuel the Giant aka Manny who um mm-hmm. wrestling fans out there would recognize as um the Giant Gonzalez so um that's that's fun and good. And then the other one is a... Well, no, 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 no. You can't just stop at that. No, no, no. I, I also <laughs> wanted to say what the other guest star was and, and why. Don't worry. I'm going to get I'm gonna get into details about both of them. Um, okay, good, yeah. good. And then the other one is Steve Garvey, uh, who plays Dr. Corey in this episode. And I, I figured out very quickly that the reason you had me do the research is because both of, uh, both of these actors made their names as sports uh, athletes. 
and then try. Oh, that's not why. Oh, okay. Well, I thought that's what I did it, it was. because I was tired. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> well, now I feel dumb. Um, <laughs> hey, this is why you're doing the research. <laughs> this is, this is why I'm doing the research. Uh, I wasn't tired doing this research. So, uh, Jorge Gonzalez, who plays Manuel the Giant, a.k.a. Manny, um, is an Argentinian basketball player, is how he first sort of like made his name. And then he became a professional wrestler. That makes sense. And then an actor. Um, he has gigantism and he, his listed heights when I looked at his biography are nuts. Uh, he was six foot nine at 14, seven foot two at 16. And then when he started his, uh, basketball career, career, he, uh, topped out at seven foot six. Um, God. uh, Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, gigantism is actually kind of a, of awful disease unless you get Mm -hmm. like surgery Mm -hmm. for it. Um, he, uh, I don't think he did because he he no. died pretty young and um, like had a lot of health complications before he passed away. So um, yeah. spoilers on that front. But uh, I legitimately wanted to figure out like how good of a basketball player he was. I couldn't find like any statistical stuff about him. Um, he played on the Argentinian like national team and stuff like that. He was drafted in the third round in the NBA in 1988 for the Atlanta Hawks which will tie in how he got into TV in a couple seconds. Um, And his career was cut pretty short due to a serious knee injury. Um, Mm. So he was drafted by the Atlanta Hawks, who at the time was owned by a certain person named Ted Turner. Oh. Oh. So since he was... Uh, Ted Turner run at the time, you know, he ran Turner Broadcasting, so TNT, TBS, all that good stuff. Um and he gave him a chance, uh, and by him I mean Ted Turner gave Jorge Gonzalez a chance to be a wrestler for WCW. Because if there's anything wrestling loves, it's a big fucker. If you're a big fucker, mm-hmm. God damn it, does professional wrestling love you. Um, <laughs> so he would wrestle for both WCW, WWF, and New Japan Wrestling. Um, he would have feuds with Ric Flair, Sid Vicious, um, the one-man gang in WCW, um, his most famous feud was against The Undertaker for WWF, which culminated in a WrestleMania match for WrestleMania 9. And this feud was so good that it was considered one of the worst feuds ever. Um, in fact, <laughs> yeah. Wrestling Observer called it the worst feud of 1993. Um, and Wrestling Reed. Observer is kind of like a... It attempts to be sort of like a non-biased like wrestling coverage thing. Yes, Michael? Mm-hmm. Uh Two things. Uh, one is just to add on to your last comment. The Wrestling Observer is like the, like if you can think of like, um, I'm trying to think of like something relatable in something else, like maybe like a, a science journal. It's it's basically the go to, the most believable source for, uh, not gossip, but like insider news. Yeah. In wrestling. It's run by one man who's like has all the connections. Yeah. And he's had them for so long that. He has the best connection. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy, Dave Meltzer. Now, Wrestling Observer other- is pretty much the closest thing that you have to sort of um, like an unbiased journalistic take on professional wrestling. Like, yeah, all, all the other stuff is sort of like, you know, uh, like in on it, you know, like trying to be like, take it like as as if it were 100 percent real. And Wrestling Observer actually views it sort of like objectively just kind of like, OK, right. Here are the wrestlers. Like, here's what they're getting paid, stuff like that, that kind of thing. Like, I'll give you an example. And this is very funny. Like the Wrestling Observer would say things like, well, the Undertaker, he injured his face, so he may be out a bit. 
Uh, I don't know if that will hurt his career and as opposed to Pro Wrestling Illustrated, a magazine that keeps in kayfabe would say things like, well, The Undertaker hurt his face, but he is actually a dead person. So therefore, he should just pop his bones back into place and he'll be fine. (laughs) You know, yeah. The second thing he just needs to be he just needs to be put in his coffin and buried six feet underground and then he will return in a couple months. That kind of thing. The second thing I wanted to share is, and it's very important, are the pictures of Giant Gonzalez as a wrestler. Yeah. Now, the first one I need to show you is not this one. It's this other one here. Um, this is his, his, just his picture. Um, is that a bodysuit or is that his skin? <laughs> no one's sure. In kayfabe. No one is sure. In fact, it is still asked to this day of wrestlers doing AMAs. Does Giant Gonzalez in kayfabe have a bodysuit or is he just super muscled? No one knows. Exactly. (laughs) The other picture is this. Now you can see him in action. Um, He wrestled in the bodysuit and it looked real bad. Yeah. He wears the bodysuit in this episode in the cage. Yeah. And like that's that's clearly like a a callback to sort of like let people that are probably watching Baywatch that either watch like if they have a partnership with WWF or WCW at this time. Uh, They didn't have a partnership with any of that. Oh, okay. Well, either way, they would recognize him as a wrestler because he would be in his like wrestling garb, like from that that scene that we'll talk about later. Mm, Um, It's a fun fact, though. Yeah. Very fun fact. This episode aired three days before his contract expired with WWF. There we go. So, yeah. So, mm. yeah. Didn't really help him much. Nope. <laughs> um, but he was able to pivot that wrestling career into at least a little bit of, like, a TV thing, as we can kind of see in Baywatch. So, like, his contract had ended as he was doing this episode of Baywatch. He was also a guest actor in, like, a bunch of different, like, 90s TV shows. Like Thunder in Paradise, our next show. Like Thunder in Paradise, where he played uh, the character, spoilers, uh, Mortador and Tormiento. Um, And uh, he was also a guest star for the TV's, like, Swamp Thing as a Mayan guardian, uh, they really leaned into the fact that he was Argentinian. Um, and hilariously, and this is my favorite guest acting credit that he has. He was in Hercules in the underworld, which is a TV movie spinoff of Hercules, the legendary journeys. It is the fourth one. Yes, there are four of them. <laughs> so he, uh, is, of course, you know, uh, he, it was a very like small bit part. He plays like he's credited as Eric's the boxer. Um, and, uh, he gets in a fight with Hercules, who is of course, uh, played by God's favorite son, Kevin Sorbo. And the reason Hercules fights him is because, um, he's been spirit cooking and drinking adrenochrome. Um, that's not it. I, I want to, <laughs> the thing is, is that like, you have to specify that that's not the reason that happened in the show. <laughs> did you, did you look at the cast for this movie? Uh, I didn't look at the full cast for this movie. I kind of just so- focused on, on a uh, giant Gonzalez and like, I also watched the fight scene on Vimeo and it is 
Mwah. It's like wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, bad, like 90s TV, like fight scene. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> so, by the way, I said that not only are there four Hercules like movies, there's actually five of them. There's five. <laughs> there's five of them. And this is the fourth out of the five of them. <laughs> um, looking at the cast here, two things stand out to me. One is that Zeus is played by Oscar winning actor Anthony Quinn. Yep. Uh, and the second thing is that uh, a very modern actor is in this. Um, she was a young kid, Rose McIver, who's the lead on Eyes Oh, Zombie. okay. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, she's in this episode because her dad's in this episode. Yeah. Another, uh, another good reminder movie. with a lot of this stuff that's like, everybody's got to get their start somewhere, man. <laughs> and... It should always be Baywatch because you get yeah. that Baywatch bump. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're going places. I mean, Look that's Michelle Williams. That's clearly how uh, Giant Gonzalez got onto uh, to the Hercules stuff. I mean, one on one comparison. One's got to think when you when you party with the Sorbo. Yeah, you've made it exactly. <laughs> As I said, so, God's favorite son. Um, anything else about uh, Steve Garvey though? Uh, yeah. Um, We'll we'll move on to Steve Garvey uh, just to finish up with horror, uh, Jorge Gonzalez. My last note is that, you know, um, not only did he have giganticism, he has had uh, diabetes. Um, he had type one diabetes. And so he like retired from everything in the mid 90s in 1995. And um, fortunately, though, he was pretty much taken care of by the Argentinian Basketball Federation. And he was put into like the Argentinian uh, Basketball Hall of Fame because he was one of the first argentinian basketball players drafted to the nba but wow. uh, yeah he he passed away due to like severe heart issues and other heart heart complications from from diabetes and gigantism in 2010 so anyways that's the life of giant gonzalez he actually sounds like a pretty decent dude um but you know like it's he likes pelicans what's not to like exactly he's he's got a heart full of gold for for pelicans god's <laughs> yeah god's favorite bird um okay <laughs> um i do want to just very briefly say that i was you know doing some wikipedia research just now and i i want to give uh dave Meltzer some congratulations um according to wikipedia as of six hours ago he is married to kenny omega so good for them oh yeah here's <laughs> <laughs> the very funny thing. God, I love uh, the Morgan I, internet wrestling community. You fucking nerds. <laughs> I'd like you to uh, look up Morgan. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is going to be the search for it. Um, oh no, here it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna find you. There's a tweet here. Uh, so there's okay. this there's this Twitter account called Room Raider. Uh, All right, and it rates people's messy rooms and. <laughs> Dave Meltzer is the current champion of Room Raider. Um, of having the most messy room? Yes, look at this. Dude, it's... Oh, no. <laughs> exactly. He says he knows That's, where that everything is, the perfect, is. That is the perfect reaction to that picture. <laughs> <laughs> he says he knows where oh everything is. God. But it's like 30 or 40 years of that shit. I would lose my entire mind if I was in that room for more than like 30 seconds. Anyways, that man also has a family, so one must wonder if they just, I would, I hope to God the rest of the house is fine. (laughs) Yeah. Same. And he's just a weird, weird, muscly dude with like the most deadpan humor and it, 
you could only have deadpan humor and live in that kind of room. I, I, uh-huh. I, it just makes sense. But also, how do you move your chair around? Yeah. Yeah. By, by moving the piles of papers around, of course. <laughs> but then you would move where they are and you can't find them. Yeah. I am I am I am revealing just how messy of a person I was in college. Look, this is what you do. <laughs> <laughs> you move you move the papers around and you remember where you put them down and you move the chair. <laughs> or you get up and you walk around, okay? <laughs> wow. Uh doesn't sound ideal. It's yeah. not. I don't recommend it. Mm. Mm. Um, I've seen the light and I, and I now actually pick up after myself sometimes after some goading. Wow. Um, <laughs> Proud of you, baby. Thanks, man. Um, okay. Now we will move on to Steve Garvey. Uh, so Steve Garvey plays uh, Dr. Corey in this episode. Um, uh, Steve Garvey was a very, very good American baseball player. Um he played professional baseball for Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Diego Padres. Um, he obviously like let that career springboard him into acting as well as public speaking. Um, I think he makes most of his career now kind of more as a uh, like a motivational speaker type of thing. Uh-huh. Um, just kind of like, hey, I'm a famous baseball player. Let me let me motivate you. And they're just kind of like, here's money. And that's what he does now. Um he has a lot of baseball accolades. Um, he is a 10-time All-Star, which is a lot. Um, he played in yeah. the uh, yeah, wow. he played Major League Baseball for 19 years. In that time, he was also the National League Most Valuable Player. Um, he was also the Most Valuable Player for the National League Championship Series. He's a four-time Golden Glove winner. Um, and his uh, number six is retired by the San Diego Padres. He is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame because baseball rivals are... Uh, famous joy kills um yep yep it's like who who is in the baseball hall of fame that's the better question um i mean people who deserve it but the problem is is, i meant i meant who is it no what did i mean i don't know i I was about to say there's a lot of people in the baseball hall of fame i don't know where you're going with this but there's a lot of people who aren't who should be yes and it's just that it's the baseball hall of fame has bad restrictions on this stuff yeah it's personally i've always advocated for um the bird that randy johnson killed to get a posthumous uh in death oh yeah rest in peace baby oh yeah no that's (laughs) well the reason he uh he got into the hall of fame was he wasn't going to and then they saw him do that with the bird and they were like well now we have to let him in um yeah he'll do that he'll throw a fastball Uh, yeah exactly (laughs) we'll be minding our own business and then we will explode into feathers as we get hit by randy johnson's slider um (laughs) pretty metal that's my one baseball. That's your one yeah, baseball. Fact. I know it's <laughs> it is it is animal cruelty aside. It is like the funniest baseball knowledge you can have. Um, yes, just really it's it's messed up, but it's funny. Um, yeah, there's there's a whole thing we could probably go on about sort of the baseball hall of fame, but like I read a bunch of articles about why he should have gotten in, and then like a couple things about why he didn't, and it's just kind of like it just sounds like the baseball hall of fame being joy kills once again moving on um he was also a very personable dude he won the rob uh, roberto clemente award in 1981 which is sort of given to the baseball player with the like best overall like character as a person like you do a bunch of charity work and stuff like that um mm. 
you know, mm. something something that sort of like Russell Wilson has won like a bunch for the NFL. I think he's been Walter Man. Like it's the Walter Payton Man of the Year thing. So, um, and has A Rod won it? No. <laughs> Good. I don't. Uh, <laughs> let mm, no. That's uh, where where he makes up in other baseball stats. He doesn't have a lot going for him in that department. Um, exactly. Uh, anyways, it, like and it like. Sometimes these awards are given out and it's just because here's an athlete that does a lot of charitable work. It actually seems like he like Steve Garvey was like a very good person. Um, Like uh, when I don't think this like won him the award, but there was an incident on the Padres where and a reminder, this is the early like 80s. And so Mm -hmm. you were able to be. uh, an athlete and a dick with like very little repercussions. Cause there wasn't yeah. like social hmm. media and stuff like that. Um, so like there was an incident in the Padres where the locker room voted, voted out like sports journalists, like there are 25 players on the team and it was 24 to one. And the lone descent was Steve Garvey. Uh, there was also an incident where they were very discriminatory to a black female journalist named Claire Smith. And he left the locker room when they kicked her out and gave her an interview, like personally. Aww. So wow. it's I like I honestly think like he, he also did a lot of charitable work, but it's it's not like he won this award just for that. He's actually kind of a, a decent dude. Um, he tried to go into politics as sort of like a, a middle of the road Republican, um, but he uh, got derailed by the uh, scandal of having children out of wedlock, which I would like to comment. Sorry about that, man. Just. 30 years too early on that shit. Um, you should have just given it some time. Um, so then he just sort of pivoted that into sort of his motivational speaking career. And now, finally, his acting career. Um, most of his credits that I went through on IMDb are all cameos. <laughs> nice. And, like, they're mostly cameos and then, like, credits for being himself in, like, sports documentaries. Um, except some very, very, very... Very, 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 very poorly rated films. Um, yes, yes, uh, <laughs> including the Darwin Conspiracy, uh, Ooh. which is not a documentary. So this is going to be great uh, now. Uh, a prehistoric superhuman wreaks havoc. That was just like the title line for it, and that's all I've written down. Absolutely. Um, the the one that sort of people seem to like the most is the Ice Cream Man. Um, which uh, stars, what's his bucket? Um, Ron Howard's brother. The, the, anyways, the 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 sort of like odd looking one. I, I not to be mean, but the odd looking uh, um, Flint. <laughs> anyways, Flint Howard. But yeah. uh, the Ice Cream Man. Uh, he, a parent of like, so he plays the kid like the parent of one of the uh, the kids, and his line is "Eat this ice cream, dick." And, um, <laughs> it, it was like of the poorly rated films. I was like, yeah, this is the one I want to see. And finally, yeah. the one that I watched the trailer for, I think I know which one this is. Blood Help. fist six ground zero yep. where kickboxing what? champion Don the dragon Wilson fights terrorists taking over a nuclear weapons facility. And it is not great looking. Um, <laughs> Did you did you look at the cast for this? The the cast is also very funny. Um, I just remember Don the Dragon Wilson, uh, which you would figure was the title character for Blood Fists uh, one through five. Uh, he is not. Um, <laughs> just just Blood Fist, just Blood Fist four through six. <laughs> D- there is someone on here 
which I find very funny. Second build, whose name is Marcus Aurelius. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was very Just, weird. Um, uh, so and, funny. Yes. This this thing looks wild. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's that's all I have for for Steve Garvey. Um, put him in the Hall of Fame and enjoy his bad movies, I guess. That's that's going to be my final say there. And that's that's all I got on those. Yeah. Wow. Wow, I that's a lot like, of stuff, though. Yeah, I felt like I talked too much about that, but that was all the notes that I no. had, and I would have felt bad if I didn't get through all of them. <laughs> no, you, I, you see, I, I thought about this ahead of time, and that's why I gave that to you. Aw, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, you know, the, the most important part of each episode is talking about not what happens in the episode. Absolutely not. But the people who could have done something else. Exactly. Uh, speaking of people who could have done something else but won't be, Morgan, you should take us into this episode. All right. It's true. I, I could be doing something other than talking about this episode, but I have I have determined that this is my path. <laughs> <laughs> Reasons that are anyone's best guess. Um, hate? So hate? <laughs> I mean, it's not not that. Um <laughs> Uh, let's see. We start off with CJ comforting a little girl and watching the beach um, oh. when a guy on a dirt bike comes in and drives circles around them and is just kind of being a dick. Yep. And um, he has um, a voice you wouldn't expect. <laughs> yes. um, we will insert here. Morgan, insert this here once I record it later. Uh, audio sure. of him saying, get off, share. Um, <laughs> Thank you. That was pretty good, actually. That, no, that was that was yeah, pretty that was pretty that was pretty spot on. Um, wow. Hey, quick question. So the last the last times <laughs> that you have brought me on here, uh, there have been dirt bike crimes. Is that just like a constant thing or is that just am I just mm. lucky <laughs> when it comes You're to just lucky? I'm just lucky. OK, yeah, I think. Only the episodes you've been on for have had dirt bike. Hell yeah. I'm special. You see, uh, unintentionally, um, there are things that come up only in episodes where we book certain people. Uh-huh. For example, mm-hmm. my friend John, only on gambling episodes. Oh, very nice. Uh, yes. Helen, only episodes where they mention Pilates. Uh, <laughs> yes. What? Uh, for some reason. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes it just works out like that. Yeah. Oh man, uh, now I just had the idea of just like why they either talk about or show Pilates, and I'm just like, oh, it's it's for the the gross zoom in and zoom outs on <laughs> on women's bodies, isn't it? God damn it! No, uh-huh. no, no. Okay, actually, the last time it was a guy needed the Pilates. Oh, oh that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's a male objectification. Yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even a zoom in, but it was very horny. Okay. Yes, it was. Um, but yeah, CJ has eventually had enough of this guy's dirt bike bullshit and she can't stop him. So she calls it in when what's that? Okay. It's a mysterious man on Speaking a- of the call in. Was that phone plugged in? Because I have a note that was just probably. Like, OK, not. I was like, that phone <laughs> isn't plugged in, CJ. Who are you calling? Yeah, is, it's a it's is the a, backup a, coming from inside the house. What? It's a primitive <laughs> cell phone, a primitive cell phone. <laughs> Oh my god, I would totally own a cell phone that was like an old like radio like uh phone that she was using that'd be awesome. Now, it can yeah. only work inside 
lifeguard towers. That's the downside. Mm-hmm. Is this still okay? What? Oh, it we lost you. Oh, it it can only work inside lifeguard towers. Ah. Uh, yeah. No, it's got it's got that lifeguard magic trapped yeah. inside of it. <laughs> lifeguard magic. A special form it's the, the a special form of 5G. Mm-hmm. It's pure cancer. <laughs> it's actually. pure cancer. God. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it functions on cancer. Maybe. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Um but only if you win an Emmy that season. There we go. So not Baywatch. Uh, <laughs> immune. <laughs> um but yeah, eventually our our mysterious man on a horse, we see that it is court back for another episode. This was just uh, so funny to watch. And he's here to save the day by lassoing the dirt biker. This was I'm um, sure wild to you, Reeves. I like I have several notes that are in all caps about the cowboy shit. Um, oh yeah. Like <laughs> cuz like, I don't know, just I don't know this for a fact, but it's like I I figure a dirt bike is faster than a horse, so I don't know how that works. Um, yep, just seems like it should be. It's very weird to have stereotypical like cowboy stuff happening in Baywatch, like on a beach. That feels yep. That feels very weird. Uh, the the you don't know John D. Court, uh, n- not until this episode, and I'm excited to find. You don't out know more. the savior and, of one small little hamlet in Mexico, John D. Court. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I forgot just, about that. But I mean, it was like really clear, like, it's just kind of like, I don't know if it was that he was at least going to be a major character in this episode. Like he got the big entrance and everything like that. And, uh, yeah, mm. like just kind of went through all of the dumb TV tropes for, for stuff of like cowboy stuff, you know, like cowboy. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Cowboy shit. The smoldery eyes, uh, contact mm. with like CJ. Yeah. Like, clearly trying to, like, really lean into that, like, 1940s through, like, 50s Western <laughs> trope bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also noticed that the uh, the dirt bike guy had resting I've made a huge mistake face, which is perfect casting. <laughs> like, as he was driving away, like, on the dirt bike, he was like, maybe I shouldn't have been driving, like, circles around those, <laughs> around those women. Like, that's just what he, like, looked like as he was getting chased down by uh, a horse and a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, I I will say, like, it just feels like lassoing a man on a dirt bike. I, I feel like there must be more effective ways well, to stop. Well, that. well, Morgan, remember, well, well, the LAPD would say shoot him. So I don't know if you want that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Morgan, remember, yes, I remember how he ended last season, though. I don't. Oh, Kano from Mortal Kombat. Got lassoed <laughs> by Mitch on Waverite. That is true. <laughs> the I actor that plays that. Kano was in Baywatch. Yeah, he was fucking the perfect. Uh, and as he did it, uh, Mitch called him mate and then said, "Like I'm gonna throw a shrimp on the Barbie." <laughs> yup. <laughs> you remember that now? It was God. wild. And then there's was. there's also an episode. Remember where the episode starts. With Mitch on the car trying yes. to lasso a bull running through Baywatch. 
That was an interesting one. And it's all a lead up to, oh, hey, that's our school mascots bowl. And he goes, school I, mascots. Right, that was the high school episode. Yeah. And he's like, what wow, I have a reunion a coming up. Fucking animal as a mascot. That's a bull. It's like, look, excellent. How else would you introduce the plot point of a reunion? Get something in <laughs> <Yeah>. the mail. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, you have to lasso a fucking bull. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. This show is so fucking dumb. Um. Yeah, yeah. After uh, after Court lassos the dirt biker, CJ is like, "Court, you're being stupid. Stop that." But Court is just too charming. Mm. Um. So then we go to see Mitch and Ruby. Yeah. One, whoa, 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 on one more, whoa, whoa, whoa. One more point. They were not subtle about the exposition at all. Like no. when when CJ was like John D. Court, I was just like, oh, character name, nice. Like, yeah. and and it makes it even funnier if this is somebody who's been on the show before. Like mm-hmm. the exposition yeah. does not need to be that heavy for a, a recurring character. <laughs> like so, yeah. that's that's nuts to me. <laughs> so, now, in fairness, he hasn't been on in a couple. Oh, okay, that's right. fair. Right, two seasons. Okay, now um, that is but, actually in TV time. That might as well be. Like a lifetime, like half a decade. So, and he wasn't even a main honest. character in season two. And season one is basically retconned, you know. So, okay. Um, but uh, some and yeah. Okay. So this is our first introduction to to them together because CJ has only been on since season three, so they've never been together on screen. However, uh, we have gotcha. this background yep, that yeah. they're giving here of they had something in the past. He says she's beautiful when she's angry, and he asks if anyone's ever told her that, and she says, only one guy. Um, and she says, someone did once. And uh, John says, uh, well, that sounds like someone who's uh, sensitive and perceptive. And she says, <laughs> I wouldn't call him sensitive. And spoiler, he's not very perceptive either. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what they're doing. This show plays with your mind. Don't spoil anything. The name Oh, it's genius. The name of the episode isn't Blindside. Well, God. wait, I, I thought this was about Michael Orr. Hey. <laughs> that will not make sense to anyone we will, we will not, not from America. We will not stop referencing this movie. We <laughs> If that you, will continue want, until morale improves, listener. So, if, in the terms with if it, you want to, if you want to understand these jokes, just look up the Sandra Bullock movie Blindside. It's about foot about it's about American football. It's about a guy named Michael Orr. That's the whole joke. Ah, I've never seen the movie, so I didn't. It don't. It don't. And like and like all based <laughs> on a true story movies, it's full of shit. Moving on, it is. Hmm. Um, but yes, after this, we get to see Mitch and Hobie on Venice Beach, where they see a sign from Manuel, the Argentine giant. The carnival. Um, the carnival on the pier. And yeah, yeah. Hobie, Hobie, just, just Hobie thinks this is pretty wild. There's a lot of mm-hmm. things on here. There's a lot of Hobie thinking in this episode. Out loud. Uh, which there I, is. I have made sure to make decent notes on every thought. Hobie has because Hobie saw a fire breather and he said, wow, that's rad. And Mitch says, rad man. And then they see Manuel, the Argentine giant. And Hobie says, wow, that's wild. He thinks that's wild, man. Quick compliment Um, to the writing room. Excellent job on the name change. No notes. 
hugely, yes. <laughs> hugely fucking different from Giant Gonzalez. Great job. My, my, yeah. My my favorite part about this scene is they uh, is Hobie walks through all these jugglers trying to find Manuel the Giant, and Mitch says, "I don't want to see the Giant." So Hobie asks Mitch why, and Mitch says the greatest line in cinema. I want to talk to this pig. <laughs> and Hobie says, a giant isn't a pig. Wow. Yeah. Great just, writing. Yeah. S tier writing. Yeah. Truly. Yep. Um, but yeah, eventually uh, they do go to see Manuel and he's locked up in a cage and he is trying to break free. Um, except it's, I mean, he's not, it's all an act and he's in, like we mentioned before, just a very dumb looking muscle suit. <laughs> it's and, so it's, funny. Uh, and it's his actual it's ring. So attire. Funny. It's his actual ring attire. So it yeah, looks, that it looks it so much. It better. looks stupid for a TV show. And it also yeah. looks stupid for wrestling. Like it, but it doubled it. It, it doubles both. <laughs> but, but Reeves, yeah. you cannot argue that it is extremely carny. Oh, it's so carny. And that's why it works. Yeah. Because yeah. I can imagine, and I don't mean this as like an insult. I mean, this as just like, that's what they call it. Like the freak show section of like a carnival that you would see mm-hmm. a guy in a muscle suit, maybe some dude with a bunch of piercings, a fire eater, and then like some dude selling elephant ears. And yeah. there you go. That's your carnival. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was. Yeah. Um, there was a lot yeah, that should uh, be absorbed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, at this point, Mitch uh, goes to ask the carnival owner for a permit uh, while Hobie tries to give Manuel his snow cone because Hobie's just such a nice yeah. kid. Um, it, it should also be yeah. like uh, be pointed out that before Mitch goes and like asks for all of like his permits and stuff like that, that the uh, mm-hmm. that Manuel, the Giants manager, is clearly like pretty abusive. He's like yelling at him. I was like, mm-hmm. you need to chase after yeah. these kids. Like you need to like scare him and stuff. You need to go after him. And then, uh, you know, like it's it's very clear that Manuel, the giant, he's just he's a gentle giant, you know, yeah. more, more yeah. like more like giant sad Gonzalez. And he Aww. sits down in the yeah. cage. He's so sad he won't even he won't even he won't even have the shaved ice that Hobie gives him because he's just yeah. he's too he's too kind and like scared of his of his carny promoter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Manuel, he's just a sad well Manuel. Mm-hmm. That was funnier in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the national um, was playing in my head as the scene was going on. Anyways, <laughs> I was thinking of a better band. Oh no, the Oof. Wiggles! Wow, wow, <laughs> dude, the new Wiggles album is great. What have I done? Why did I say that? <laughs> it's so good. No, I'm not. I'm not joking here. It's I know. I know you're not joking. Good. I just. Why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> My only relevant thing to contribute to this conversation is that uh, I will be attempting at some point during this episode to find the tweet I saw recently where someone recut the Frasier theme song as if it were a song from the national. And it's very, <laughs> uh, there was, if there was today. ever a person that would listen to the national, it would be fucking just Fraser crane. Absolutely. 
There was a, a video today uh, of someone did Frasier, but as a skit about Seattle grunge. Yes. Yes. I found I found the national video in the replies to that. OK, wonderful. OK, good. Yes. Wonderful stuff. Um, it's very good. Uh, but yes, back to Baywatch. Uh, we get to go back to CJ and Court now, who are flirting up a storm. Oh, there. Uh, one more thing. So Mitch does ask for the permit from from the uh, the lead Carney guy, and he shows it to him, and they like they like really like lay it on that he like has the permit. It's just you know, Mitch was like, "There's nothing we can do. He has a permit," and mm-hmm. I just I felt. I felt the Gadsden flag like just like slowly creep in like from outside the screen. (laughs) At this point, like so when I wrote my notes, I was writing them as I watched it. I was very worried uh, that this wasn't like a job that he literally owned a man as a slave. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I was very worried that he has a permit to be an owner. uh, Yes. Which makes that was weird. No sense. We find out. It's I just just to assuage any any issues here. This is his job. He's not like he doesn't own Manuel. He just employs right. him. Mm-hmm. Very weird. But what's a job when you're alienated by your own labor? Dun. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Life. Dun, dun, dun. Seize the means of uh, scaring kids in a yeah. cage. <laughs> Sees the means um, of your own Carney Productions. Yes. <laughs> Carl Marx deeply inspired by the injustices of car of touring carnivals. Carney Marx. Do you think Carney Marx likes Baywatch? <laughs> Carney Marx. Oh. I think Carney uh, Marx is a big Baywatch fan. Absolutely. Holy shit. Um. <laughs> But yes, as CJ and Court are flirting up a storm, Mitch comes by and him and Court get to reunite. And we learn that Court bought his horse from a carny who is drugging the horse. He didn't buy him. He took the horse. Took the horse, yeah. Which took I him just behind the stands and gave him an offer he couldn't refuse, or refuse which <laughs> I assume means that he beat the shit out of him. Yes. That's <laughs> Almost what, certainly. Yes, that's a Court thing to do. It's just such a random bit of information that does not have any relevance to the rest of the episode. Oh, yes, my horse, it has a name. Don't worry, his name is Apache. Not not yep. useful to me, man. Mm-hmm. What is useful to Apache me? Apache boy is, or whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they show a really interesting sense of continuity that I appreciated. Morgan, did you pick up on this? Uh, that you have to come in to renew your lifeguard certification every so often? Yes, your mandatory mm-hmm. 10 days. That's a b- yep. plot point in season one, which is that if you're gone for like a year, you have to come back, work 10 days, and then you can renew your license. Mm-hmm. And that's what Court's here to do. This is, um, he always does this, by the way. Yes. Um, and, and apparently owns a ranch in Malibu, which apparently you can do. Yeah, sure. I mean, whatever, man, it does feel on brand for him. Yeah, it does. Um, But yeah, Mitch then uh, tosses the ball he's holding to court and uh, court can't quite catch it and seems kind of winded. And he is obviously sick because we are getting all of the cheesy TV tropes for when someone is sick. Whoa, Um, you you forgot to mention the most grievous thing. Not seeing the handshake. He won't shake Numi's hand. No, that's in this scene. Yeah, that's 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 this scene. Okay. 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. the scene. Um, mm-hmm. But like, why yes. why wouldn't you shake Numi's hand? It's Numi. He's the best. It's true. It's a good point. I would shake his yeah. hand. I I would I would shake his leg. I immediately <laughs> turned on John on D Court when he didn't shake Numi's hand. I was yeah. just mm-hmm. like, you know what? Whatever happens to you, you earned it. Yeah, Numi. He's a baller. How dare you? Yeah. Um, but then uh, we get to go see Hobie and some friends hanging out under the jetty when they find huge footprints and <laughs> and, so, and some child actors clearly vamping, which they, yeah, is a which is a, an interesting choice from the director here. <laughs> Letting five year olds do that. There's a line in this scene where Hobie says, "I think the waves stink," and someone says, and I quote. They be rad, man. I don't know what sure. that means. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> it means that the 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 waves are actually good, though. I think is what he's trying to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. even though you can see him in the background, and they are not not yeah. rad, man. Yeah. Um, but it is at this point that we learn the footprints belong to Manuel, and he's standing there holding a knife. Ah! In his mouth. And also a wooden pelican. No, a real pelican. <laughs> he's holding a knife and oh, a, a real, real pelican. pelican. Yes. And yes, to yes. give credit, and the kids run away, and to to give credit where credit is due, I would have ran away too, because it does look like he's about to just eat the shit out of that pelican raw with the knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It does look like that. Um, It very much does. But yeah, all of Hobie's friends run away until he's the only one left. And then we learn Manuel just wanted to cut some plastic off of the pelican because yeah. he loves pelicans. He loves them very Sad Gonzalez is friends um, to all pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> and then we learn that uh, Hobie has some empathy for Manuel and doesn't like that Valdez, the carny owner, is being so mean to Manuel. It makes him sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, but and then, Valdez like is yelling at him from the top of the pier once he sees him being nice to the kid too. Yeah, being nice to Hobie. Yeah. Um, but then we get our first montage. Before before uh, we go into the montage, the only other notes sure. that I have is uh, I just want to stress that during this scene, um, Valdez is wearing a bolo tie. And I just want to say that yes. bolo ties are not always a sign of evil. Just want to stress yeah. that on the podcast. Sometimes they are forces of good. Um, yeah. And also sure. just. Like with Orville Peck. Exactly. Yeah. Orville Peck. Sign of good. Where's bolo ties? Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know how to describe Giant Gonzalez's acting other than this, <laughs> which is <laughs> if you've if you've ever seen like bad community theater or like bad high school theater or even like good high school theater. There's almost always somebody that's either not good or just inexperienced. And it's that Mm -hmm. they don't act outside of the lines that they are saying. And yeah, he's doing that. Like really, really, he's doing that a lot throughout this entire episode. And I just have like notes about like sort of when he does it, um, he's almost constantly doing it, but like, it really jumps out at you sometimes. <laughs> like when he says bye to Hobie, he's just kind of like, bye Hobie. And then it's like, bye Hobie waves, 
turns around, runs, and it's in that like order. He's not doing all of that at the same time. <laughs> like it's right. like he's following directions in his own head as he's like doing this stuff. So yes. it's I was mostly bored by this episode, but I was like finding like oh. <laughs> I was finding little like funny things to me in the episode throughout like that. Sure. Sure. And that was just kind of like the first yeah. time that I noticed it in this episode was in in this scene when he was just kind of like bye Hobie and then just like turned around and <laughs> it was and a very away. funny run it, yeah and it just it looked it looked pretty awkward like it, it's it's like he was he was following like stage directions and like stage blocking and stuff like that yeah and it was very clear he was being like super deliberate about it because he he was like what this is what i'm supposed to do this is what you're telling me to do kind of thing but but yeah <laughs> that's my only notes on to the montage <laughs> yeah uh so we uh we get to see court running in the surf well, some, at least in the original airing, which is what I watched, funky, soft EDM plays, which is Spirit by the Beloved. Yeah, um, I uh, I tried listening to a few of the Beloved songs. I don't like house music, so it's not for me, but the al- Yeah, that's fair. The, I, I like house music, and I kind of enjoyed this one. The album that song came from, uh, it hit, it came into the top 75 UK albums uh, chart on February 14th, 1993. Wow. Okay. And it was, uh, came in at number two. What? It was behind a Buddy Holly album. What? And one wow. spot ahead of Automatic for the People by R.E.M. What? Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. All right. Now, what, Breeze, what you and I get is Don't Forget Who You Are by George Creek's and uh, <laughs> Reese, would you please? Here we go. Read, sing, whatever this song. All right. So I have a confession to make uh, about this mm-hmm. song. I actually have a note in there because mm. this song reminded me of an artist that I actually like a lot. And the wow. the actual note is, "Do I like this writer die song?" Um, and, and I figured out sort of like why I even attempted to like it, which is pain. This is, this is like, it it felt like a washed out song. If like washed out was like really not great, like early (laughs) nineties, like, uh, new way. This reminds me of another band if they were bad. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's what it okay. is and and it was just kind of like do i like this i don't know um but anyways okay yeah no this is the ride or die song of course that's where i just <laughs> i don't look forward to doing these um <laughs> i do been, it's been three times and every time i'm just like why god um all right uh i don't even know how to begin with this all right from the top <sighs> How do I jokingly want to do this? Um, since I was talking about it earlier today with my uh, with my older brother, do either of you know what Bloodsport is? The movie? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna do this. I I I, I know Bloodsport, and I've seen the YouTube parody Blood Fart. It's Bloodsport, <laughs> but every time there's an action move, there's a fart noise. Are right, you gonna have to link that to well, me in the chat later? Um, I'm <laughs> yes, gonna watch sir. the crap out of that. Uh, there's there's a couple songs in there where it's I'm I'm just gonna perform it in the style of of Kumite, the uh, the main theme song for Bloodsport. Here we go. 
Come on out from behind your shell. You know you can't help yourself. Don't you worry about anything. Let it out and let it in. We don't need to get by like the rest of them. No need to try. You're the best of them. Don't you forget who you are. If you ever get lost, I'll be by your side. No need to doubt I'm your ride or die. Don't you forget who you are. I'm your ride or die. I'm your ride or die. It's a common aftershock. We never get the chance to talk. We don't need to get by. Let the rest of them... <laughs> Sorry. We don't need to get bad like the rest of them. No need to try. You're the best of them. Don't you forget who you are. If you ever get lost, I'll be by your side. No need to doubt. I'm your ride or die. No need to doubt. I'm your ride or die. I'm your ride or die. Don't you forget who you are. No need to doubt. I'm your ride or die. The, the actual song in the movie fades out, so I was trying to recreate that. <laughs> Very good. Thank you for putting Blood Fart in the chat. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> um, Never said before lines. Anyways, uh, Bloodsport is an awesome bad movie. Yes. Um, hmm. Moving on. Like this episode. Like, mm. <laughs> sure. Maybe we'll convince you yet. Tell us All what right. happens All next, right. Morgan. Yeah, what happens next is... Uh, Two people start to drown, so CJ and Court run to go save them, uh, but Court ends up just kind of bumping into a bunch of people uh, and then misses the entire rescue because he's too busy bumping into people I, and falling over. Spoiler, I kind of really like this scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a good scene, uh, which is not a... Spoiler, again, not a good episode, but a good scene. Yeah, like... uh I don't know. During the entire montage, I just have a lot of all cap notes and all of them are dedicated to John D. Court. Um, John D. (laughs) Court, dreamy cowboy lifeguard. Who needs glasses? (laughs) John D. Court, beach cowboy. Like just like a lot of stuff like that. So because he's John D. Court, he's awesome. John D. Court, clumsy beach cowboy. He does James Bond things and also cowboy things. Yeah. He does look like he could be a James Bond, except yeah, for the fact could, that he's American. <laughs> I could buy him as maybe not James Bond, but like, I don't, I've been watching all of the James Bond movies recently. I'm almost done with the Sean Connery era. Nice. Um, and for folks who aren't familiar, um, All but two of the James Bond movies are produced by this company named Eon, who holds most of the rights to all of James Bond. But there have been two non-Eon-produced James Bond movies. Can I guess? Oh, sure. Um, Are you counting stuff like the Peter Sellers Casino Royale? I absolutely am. That is one of them. Okay, so Peter Sellers Casino Royale. And then... The what? uh, (laughs) Yeah, there's Peter Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers? (laughs) Peter Sellers. It is... So bad. And, oh un- no! And man. Woody Allen, right? It's Peter Sellers, Woody Allen. Sure is. Oh my um, god! And then is the other one um, for His Majesty's Secret Service? Her Majesty's Secret Service. It is not on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh. Isn't Eon produced? Do you do you want the answer? Uh wait. Was oh wait. Wasn't there a 
second Dr. No? Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay, you tell me. Uh, it is Never Say Never Again. Interesting. Okay. Was that yes. a Dalton? That was Sean Connery oh. in his final Bond movie. Wow. Ten years after he had sworn he would never play right. Bond again. That makes sense. Uh, well, money is money, folks. And in fact, it was the the second time that he had said he would never play Bond again and then was called back in to play Bond. Um, and apparently in this one, you can... Um, Watch him cashing the check that they paid him. Um, and <laughs> wow, I, I very much my comment. My <laughs> comment of well, money is money, folks, was made in jest, but apparently it was it was. Oh, oh no! Oh. <laughs> it is straight up them being like, "Listen, Sean, we we really we don't have the rights to James Bond, but we can make this one for some reason. So what if we pay you a lot of money? And he was like, fine, but only if I get to slap a lot of women, because, and this is a real quote from Sean Connery, sometimes women just deserve to be slapped. There it is. <laughs> what the fuck? He is a terrible human being. Him and Roger Moore. There's my terrible. 60s and 70s misogyny. There it is. God. Speaking mm -hmm. of which, speaking of which, Morgan, I have a movie recommendation for you. Oh, please. I'm related to your Bond watching. You should watch. Okay. Uh, it's, so it's directed by the same guy who directed The Artist. Um, is uh, the OSS 117 films. Oh. Which is, so OSS 117, I think I talked about before actually on this podcast. It was French detective written a few years before Bond was written. Um, and it wasn't like, because Bond is inherently comical. Like, right, right. Um, so it had none of like the comical stuff, none of the womanizing stuff originally. Hmm. But to capitalize on that, they took for the movies, they took Don Jean Dujardin and they cast him as OSS 117. And he's amazing. Like, mm. he's the best Bond you've ever seen, uh, basically. Oh, shit. And it's him with some of the quality traits of Bond. Like, he, he, he likes him a beautiful woman, but he's also mm. very French. Um, and so there's two of them. There's yeah. one in Rio and there's another one. And they're both hilarious. I okay. recommend them. All right. Also drop. Big yeah, I mean, it looks like it looks like altogether there's been uh, three, six, nine. It looks like there's been 12 of them altogether. Huh. Well, there's only two from the recent uh, era. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, by that. Director. Um, oh, no, it looks. Uh, so there's three that have come out in the revival. One in wait, there's a third one. One in 2009, and one that just came out last year. What the fuck? Why have I not seen this? OSS 117, Alerte Rouge in Africa Noir. From Africa with love. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. you picked that up right off the top of your head. <laughs> no, it's on Wikipedia. <laughs> I I just it was, um, it was googled, so I, I saw the translation. <laughs> Uh, wow, okay, I, I know what I'm doing with my weekend. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll have to oh, check out once I finish uh, Bond movies. I just, yeah, you should watch them. I just realized I ooh nice to you watching all the old Bond movies, and that made it sound like I was just giving a stamp of approval <laughs> to, like, nah. all the bad stuff that's aged very terribly in those movies. Nah. And that is not what I was doing. <laughs> so... So much racism. I was about yeah. to say, I just, God. I just, ooh, yeah, a bunch of probably like not just the misogyny, but also like the racism and the colonialism. Yeah. Whoops. Uh, honestly, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I know. The, the solid last third of you have only lived twice is Sean Connery 
after they have quote unquote done surgery to make him look Japanese. Yes. Yes. Um, I remember and this. it's so bad. He doesn't look Japanese, man. He looks like Sean Connery. If you taped his eye. No, what the, oh, the funniest no. part about that Fuck. is if anything, the only thing he really does differently is he crouches more. Oh, yes. God. It's really dumb. Um, it's so bad. And, and not to, not to ruin this for you, but mm-hmm. in general, as bad as Sean Connery is of a person and as bad mm-hmm. as his movies are, if you're a woman, it's even worse to be in a Roger Moore film. Yeah, <laughs> and you got to get into the Roger like Moore stuff. Eight or nine or is it 11? A huge amount of those. Mm-hmm. And I hate Roger yeah. Moore. I think he's boring. I think he had the longest run of any. He bond, did. He if did. I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, I mean, the most interesting yeah, no, part of like the Roger Moore Bond movies are the villains. Anyway, like I feel like he got the most memorable, vi- yeah. m- most vi- memorable villains. Sure. So. Yeah. I can't no, wait I will for say you to the- get uh, Pierce Brosnan, and then you can start thinking about this is the man who sang SOS and Mamma Mia, and he's Bond. <laughs> <laughs> this is the man from Lawnmower Man, and he's in Bond. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I the the first two, Doctor No and From Russia with Love, I actually thought were pretty solid. Yeah. And uh, I think when I was also saying, ooh, nice, I was thinking of those. Because those are actual yeah. like I feel that they, they've also probably aged the best. Yeah, probably. There's there's definitely some stuff. Sure. Um, sure. I'm not hand waving that. Yeah. I'm just saying like it's just kind no, of like totally. the quality still shines outside of yeah. the things that age poorly. You know what also doesn't yep. age poorly? Well, actually, it still kind of does. Baywatch. <laughs> yeah. It totally ages poorly. Yeah, I know. Um, That's the, that was all of season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God. Um, but yeah, after uh, after our little montage, we get to see Valdez counting some money and telling Manuel to be scarier. But Manuel is just too sensitive for all this. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. He says, you need to be scarier we'll get more money. How does mm-hmm. that work? Like, is that like, I, I look, I'm not a carny. I don't understand the carny. <laughs> I went to business school. I didn't go to carny business. School, I know, I know, a, right? ah, I know official I business. I don't know. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know shady carny business. <laughs> as someone mm. who, who watches a lot of carny bullshit, I still don't understand how you, how you run the business. So if more people are scared, does that mean that more people are then going to want to come to see you to get scared? Because I don't like getting scared. I mean, I will say I remember certainly, you know, when I was a, a young child, if something particularly scared me or grossed me out or whatever, like my first reaction was, oh, shit, I need everyone else to experience this. Mm, yeah, um, it's you know, it's that phenomenon where you smell something really bad and you take it to all of your friends and say, sure. doesn't this smell really bad? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but the difference is when you say, wow, doesn't this smell really bad? You don't have to pay another two bucks to then go see it, which is what that's true. This costs apparently two bucks. So you'd have to convince their parents to then be like, pay two bucks to go see Manuel the Giant. Um, and I don't know. It just seems like. This is the most me thing to like complain about. <laughs> like, look, I know. I just feel like there's too many steps here for this to be a profitable business plan. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I don't disagree with you. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but we, we learn that Manuel, well, he doesn't mind scaring children in a weird muscle suit, but he, he personally has some other dreams he would really like to pursue. And those dreams are carving pelicans. Um, and he just can't stop doing it. Yeah. So Valdel, Val, Valdez calls him a stupid pelican man. God. Um, and it's very good. This, Future Morgan, please insert audio of this. You stupid pelican man. And for the love of God, make um, the thumbnail. Um, how this scene ends with um, giant Gonzalez. Like, I don't know. I'll let you describe the scene. And then we'll are you talking on. about his shirt? All right, maybe I'll just describe the scene. So, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Um, uh, so, anyways, where the the circus manager is yelling at Giant Gonzalez and is like, "You have to commit child abuse," and he's like, "I don't wanna." <laughs> um, and uh, this manager is just being really shitty to him. And uh, while they're talking, Giant Gonzalez is carving a pelican out of driftwood. And uh-huh. uh, anyways, like as as the manager is yelling at him while he's carving this pelican he kind of like snatches the pelican from him and he this is the direct quote and i made sure i like copied it verbatim i rewound it and everything Mm -hmm. pelicans always pelicans you stupid pelican man and he snaps the head (laughs) off of the wooden pelican and then and then like throws it to the ground um and uh, then Giant Gonzalez, like after he like after Valdez leaves the tent, goes over and he picks up the broken pelican and he puts it back together and he basically like cuddles with it a little bit, kind of nuzzles it with his cheek and everything as they kind of fade into the next scene. And I couldn't take this seriously at all because I realized <laughs> about um, I think at the point when he was picking up the pelican that Giant Gonzalez was wearing a big dog shirt. And you can't. Oh, it's not just that. And you can't. It's, and you can't take anything seriously when somebody is wearing a big dog shirt. More importantly, not, yeah. this this said with the big dog on it, got dim old big dog blues. I <laughs> and 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 the dog has a cigarette and a hat and a suit. Oh. <laughs> And like, and it's like it's the new angel. And it's like, and it's yes. like, it's like a if it's like a like a fisherman's kind of like get up, right? Like the floppy fisherman's hat and like the fisherman's like long yeah. rain jacket yeah. kind of thing. Like what? This I, this show has the best t-shirts you've just, ever seen. It's I'm absolutely. I'm not even joking here. Like we had the angel pug shirt. It's a pug that is also an angel. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Now we have got the old big dog blues with a dog with a sig and a hat and a suit pure bliss and although i do realize now that if you were to ask me like hey what's the demographic for big dog shirts at some point (laughs) i would say carney (laughs) i do have to give credit where credit is due at some point i would say it's just like oh somebody that works a carnival would be wearing a big dog shirt um but like then also like i remember when i initially watched it i started creating scenarios in my head of like famous dramatic scenes that would be ruined if the character was wearing a big dog shirt (laughs) Um, just, and, and like, so I was imagining the scene where like Tom Hanks and Saving Private Ryan is shooting at the tank. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's, <laughs> he's doing it in a big dog shirt. <laughs> just, oh, just man. you know, like any, like oh god. And um, I was just like thinking of stuff like that, like the entirety of the um, the uh, the Brooks was here scene from Shawshank Redemption, but he's in a big dog shirt. <laughs> Reeves, I was you just like, one? oh no, I'm ruining all my favorite moments in cinema. In Reeves, do you want another one? I just thought of go. It's the scene from the end of Godfather Part Three where the kid gets shot, and he's like, "My boy, my boy." (laughs) That would be amazing. Just the best scene ever. Just, just, oh god, just, uh, or even just the first Godfather. My old big dog. It's just my big dog. It's just Marlon Brando just being like, "Look how they massacred my boy in a big dog shirt." Come to me on the day of my wedding, wearing a big dog shirt. <laughs> oh my god! Reverence slogan. Show you. Oh my respect. god! <laughs> Just the scene, the shining in. <laughs> And she's walking up to the typewriter and is just saying, got some old big dog blues just over and over and over again. It's the, it's the twins in the hallway, but they're both wearing big dog shirts. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so, so yeah, I like, I just, I realized oh. much like with these scenes that we're talking about that, like, you could write an Oscar-worthy thing happening, and it just, it would get... The end of 2001, they go into the room, and my God, it's full of big dog shirts. <laughs> just, Sorry, that's my last. Oh, my God. We could keep going. We could do this for hours. <laughs> New podcast idea. Talk about big dog shirts. <laughs> New podcast idea. Ruin ruin the scene of a movie with a big dog shirt. Oh, man. Yeah. So yeah, like I just uh, it, it was that was the scene. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, else. I just got I just got them them I just got them old big dog giggles right oh, now. Oh, I think I, I don't know how else to process. Yeah, things. I just found the shirt. There's, on Etsy. If you if you go if you go on like so it's big dog out. like the big dog shirt stuff is like you, you can go to the website right now. I think they it's still going. <laughs> Big dog ain't going away. Oh, here it is. I found oh, it. I'm you sure. can buy it right here. It's twenty one ninety five. Oh hell yeah! Okay. Oh, he's also playing a piano. Sorry, sorry. So, okay, it wasn't a fisherman. It was like, yeah, okay. It's an actual blues big dog. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you know what that wow. dog sounds like? Tom Waits. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That dog is telling me to come up to the house right now. You know what else that dog is telling you to do? Move on. That you need to take the lifeguard challenge because that's what oh Gordon God. does. He has to do this much this, better. Segue. Uh, I'm vi- I got very good at segues. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to figure out uh, or he needs to redo this test, this physical, basically all these things he needs to do to get back on uh, lifeguard duty. So. He he does this thing. He beats this dude at it, and then Mitch says you need to do like an eye test and a vision test. He already passed with flying colors, and Mitch tells him, "Well, okay, that's great for you know." Then you'll have to do it again next time. And he says, "Mitch, I'm staying," which is new for Court since he's a 
He's he's what's what's the term? Bohemian? No, is that mm-hmm. a, yeah, I guess maybe. Lord, he um, was yeah. born a rambling man. Yes, that too. Um <laughs> Morgan, no. <laughs> Morgan. I, googled, oh. I googled big dog shirts. Google <laughs> gave me this, and I just needed to share it. Well, that's only hitting your mom. All right. Uh, <laughs> this is a this is an audio medium for those of you that don't know. No, there'll be. We'll put that in the show notes. Okay. Don't worry. I do think it's worth describing briefly that it is a T-shirt that is just. A large golden retriever face, and the rest of the shirt is just golden retriever. <laughs> it's hair. like three Ding at yeah. It's hyper realistic. Yes. <laughs> it's I don't like looking at it for too long. Oh, I love it. Oh my god, it's, it's, it's <laughs> into my soul. I was about to say um, this is giving me some uh, where we're going. We won't need eyes attitude kind of. <laughs> Speaking of which, Court mm. goes over to CJ and she's mm. mad that he lounged. While that girl was drowning earlier. And he says, yeah, oh, it's the, the glare of the sun. You know, it glares on my eyes and I just don't see mm-hmm. or hear drowning. And CJ says, that's that's fair. I have also seen the glare. Um, and so course <laughs> is wild CJ to me. On a date. <laughs> you know, sometimes you're just like, I saw the sign. I saw the glare. Uh, it's just less yeah. Nazism. Please, uh, please forgive me glare. for almost committing manslaughter of a child. OK. It was the glare. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they decide to go on a date and specifically they're going to go horseback riding to a picnic and they do. And they spend that whole picnic just flirting like you would not believe. And then they just fuck right in front of that. <laughs> no, no, Morgan, Morgan, let's set the yes. scene first. Yeah. He pours some A&W root beer for them in wine glasses. <laughs> This is true. then they fuck. This is true in front of their horse. Yes, he, it's crucial for court that they fuck in front of the horse. <laughs> this horse has just had such a hard life. He's gotta bring him whatever bits of joy he can. Yeah, good old, Look. Good old Apache yes. Boyer just <laughs> giving Great giving the old hooves up to to them fucking in front of him. <laughs> Apache Boyer loves premarital sex. <laughs> um, uh, but court also spills said root beer and uh, mm-hmm. we sh- we're supposed to remember this um, and CJ yes. says they'll clean it up later but they're too busy fucking um, mm-hmm. so of course what's the best way to trans? what's the best transition after them doing that well it's back to Manuel collecting some wood sure get it it's wood mm-hmm. it's a joke <laughs> uh, see I told you I'm good uh, at these transitions Yeah, it's true it's true um, and yeah, him and Hobie are hanging out uh, under the Hobie beer. asking important questions and like, "What are you doing?" And, and the giant, <laughs> and, the, and the giant gets all this kind of just like looking at him, like get, getting driftwood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Hobie thinks that Manuel shouldn't be constrained to living under the pier, so they should go hang out on the pier. Ooh, and Valdez isn't gonna like this, but it's okay. Then we get our second montage, which is a montage of carnival games. Well, some soft rock plays and the lyrics are about a pelican man. Um, and it's very good. This this might have been of the montages that I've I've seen uh, that, <laughs> that you guys have made me watch. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, might have been my favorite montage. Like it was it was it, it is very it was very wholesome and also very funny. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. specifically 
I kept on trying to find the right spot here, but I cannot stop laughing at the scene where Manny looks at Hobie like, I gotta murder this child. <laughs> he quite um, literally looks like he's like, I'm gonna eat you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Now he's got the look, he's got the hunger in that and in the eyes there. Like, just like, I'm going, I am going to eat this child. I, unfortunately, I could not find what song here was in the original. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that in the in or, or in the yeah the original version, but in the 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 remaster, we get "Call Me" or uh, "Call You My Friend" by Sherry Short and Crash Cove again, our favorite Crash Team Racing mm. track. Um, <laughs> and uh, Reeves, here we go, I baby. I have a song. I have a song for you here. Are you ready? Yeah. For for a song, sure. Are you ready to call you my friend? That's oh not my God. proper grammar, but please. Um. I will say, having heard the original, it's it's a song that they wrote for the episode because the chorus is about him being a pelican. <laughs> and there's no way that that song exists. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Pelican. OK, we're Googling pelican. I tried to find this with no luck, but maybe you'll have better luck than I will. Maybe Save Our Seabird Sarasota. Oh, Youth Lagoon did a song called Pelican Man. <laughs> they did, but Youth Lagoon is a much later band. Yeah, okay. You know? uh, let's see. I, I, I know. I, I know. You, when I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I'm just very concerned that maybe there is a song called Pelican. Oh, here's one. Um, what's this one? The Pelican Man by Boneyard? Bones Yard. Bones Yard. Oh, this song sucks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, there it is. Uh, yeah, there's a double Pelican Man by Sweet Genius. Um, sure. Okay. You know what, Reeves? Take us into the song. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. Just gonna. No, 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 wait. Sorry. Before you do that, I just found a video called. Uh, I have to read you the description to this. The title of the video is Pelican Man's Bulls Descending. And the description is, this video is dedicated to r slash Wall Street bets. This song was conceived as a tribute to Ennio Morricone, Quentin Tarantino, and the thrills and perils of margin trading. The lyrics were made by chopping up copies of the Financial Times and rearranging the words. And that sounds awful. That, yeah, well, here it is. Also, if I'm being honest here, um, my guess is that nearly any word you would ever use in a song, the Financial Times has printed at some point. So it kind of just sounds like it might just be writing lyrics. Uh, I'm actually not hating this. Oh, no, it's Mimi. Now I hate it. OK, yeah, we'll, we'll post it later. Reese, take us in. <laughs> that, that song from our Wall Street Bets, the way that you described it, just... Sounds like Ruhypnol. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> let's see here. Okay, okay. No, it's like I'm disgusted by the description already. Um, all right, <laughs> mo- moving on. Um, in case you can't tell, I don't really like <laughs> like like any of that. Um, okay, uh, hmm. how to sing this. I had an idea how to sing it, and then it escaped me. Um, oh, we're, we are 100%. Um, gonna youth pastor this motherfucker. All right, here we go. Ooh, don't be scared. Take a stand. 
This big old whole world's got bigger plans. Look ahead and take my hand. We'll walk right into the promised land. That, I did not intend the youth pastor thing to fit that well there, but it did. Um, <laughs> it don't matter what people say. I'm here. Stay anyway. I don't take no matter what people do. I'm going to stick right next to you. You and me, together through it all. You and me, no matter how big or small. You and me will always be till the end. Because you're my friend. Call you my friend. It's so nice to see you smile. Let's keep it... Let's keeping, all right, let's keeping play a little while. Don't be shy. Touch the sky. Live your dreams. Don't run and hide. It don't matter what people say. I'm here to stay anyway. It don't matter what people do. I'm going to stick right next to you. You and me together through it all. You and me, no matter how big or small, you and me will always be till the end. You're my friend. You're my friend. You're my friend. Till the end. Call you my friend. And then we strum, and then we open to Corinthians. <laughs> so, I did look Yeah, up. I was going to say... Oh, you go the, first. The lyrics of this definitely work. As someone who was raised an atheist and has only been to church a few times, but my partner is uh, ex-evangelical and has taught me much about that world. Uh, yeah, these lyrics work really well for that, and it's distressing. Yeah, this was um, this was very, like, I was just doing that just to pick something, and the fact that it fit mm -hmm. that well also kind of disturbs me, uh, like, to, to, a pretty, mm -hmm. to a pretty significant degree. Like, it's like, <laughs> I, oh, no, I'm, I'm at... I'm at vacation Bible school again. Oh, no. <laughs> Not again. Uh, I was going to say that I, I looked this up, and there actually was, uh, not in California, but there was, like, a famous pelican man in Florida. And sure. he was given a medal by George Bush Sr. in 1990 oh my God. for his community service. And he saved and housed, like, 25,000 pelicans. It's some dumb thing like that. And he, 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 he saved his first one in a bathtub and he only helped sure. pelican. Huh. Whatever. Point is, he was just a okay. normal sized dude. He wasn't uh, a giant. He wasn't a giant. Uh, <laughs> but he did love pelicans. Um, yeah. Though I do wish. Well, fuck, that ruins um, the one on one comparison. <laughs> right. But new idea. <laughs> What if you yeah. took every tall pro wrestler ever <laughs> and had them take care of Pelicans? <laughs> like, mm. you were like the Undertaker, dead man, but also loves Pelicans. See, I thought you were going to suggest the thing that I would be much more into personally, mm -hmm. which is that you should take all of the tall pro wrestlers and, much like Voltron, have them form a giant robotic Pelican. Oh, that's even better. Oh wow, that sounds amazing! See, this I don't is... even know what sound pelicans make, but they would make that sound. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is this all this all shows where <laughs> who has like good childlike imagination and who's been like just 
irony poison to death because I thought like what you meant was not them in character trying to take care of penguin like their pelicans. I thought you meant like them as real people outside of their wrestling persona. And I immediately That's was dumb. like Undertaker out of like persona isn't gonna do he's not gonna no, be helping. He just, he's not gonna be helping he that sells, pelican. Like that that he pelican's sells gonna motorcycles. Die. Yeah. Mark Calloway, yeah. the Undertaker, that dude just that dude wears thin blue line shirts. Like he's gonna be taking care of pelicans. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Maybe that pelican yeah. was also a cop. Yeah. And and like, <laughs> and, like no, and like honestly, Glenn and like Glenn Jacobs sh- is going to like as Kane, oddly enough, take care of the pelican as sort of like his own sort of like grasp on humanity, kind of like well, he's the giant is here. It. But like Glenn yeah, Jacobs Austin himself, he's going to like throw that pelican out there and be like, survive on your own means. <laughs> yeah, I guess survive. It's the free market or something like that. Well, so back to another point. I do think we should have a cop force made of pelicans. Yes. Uh, that way, uh, it's no longer a cab. It's a pab, which I think is much funnier to say. <laughs> or would the pelicans, uh, pelicans just actually be good community service? And then you wouldn't have to have. Uh, yeah. Look, they would. Okay, okay, picture picture this. Picture this scenario. Picture this. Why are we okay. like this? <laughs> First one. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, hush now, hush now, child. Hush now, child. <laughs> yes. Okay, first scenario. You see some <laughs> vagrants, right? Some vagrants. Mm-hmm. And they're out doing some no-goodery, right? Mm-hmm. And a cop mm-hmm. comes towards them and they they know what cops mm-hmm. are like. We all know what cops are like. And the cop says, Absolutely. hey, don't. And then the mm-hmm. cop loses his cool and he pulls out a gun. That's mm-hmm. the first scenario. Second scenario, mm-hmm. vagrants, mm-hmm. up to no goodery. A pelican flies in and starts cawing at them. And they go, fuck, this is annoying. <laughs> yeah. And they leave. There we go. Pelicans are better <laughs> Community cops. safety achieved. Yeah. 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 Everyone, everyone talks so much about defunding the police, but no one ever stops to talk about Pelican police. <laughs> I just think that that's what, what's wrong with American democracy. Turn, <laughs> who knew all it took turn, was three turn guys on every Baywatch police officer into a crime. God, like yeah. Zeus would, yeah, no. like Zeus would, not like that. <laughs> no, Michael, no Zeus Pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> we just got done talking about the, the the James Bond stuff earlier. We don't need Zeus penguins. It'd be a similar problem. <laughs> well, you know what else is a problem? Uh, is it that we need to get back to the episode? Well, sort uh, of. It's that CJ thinks there's a problem mm-hmm. with court. It's true. She, uh, in fact, has gone to talk to Mitch about whatever health issues Court is having. And, you know, she talks about the rescue and how he couldn't make that and all sorts of things. And Mitch is like, yeah, I've noticed that, too. He's definitely having some issues uh, with his eyes. And I'm going to send him to an eye doctor. Uh, Here are some notes on that. mm -hmm. Okay, I did the research. Sure. So Mitch knows someone at the Jules Stein Eye Clinic at UCLA. <laughs> sure, this is this is actually the Jules Stein Eye Institute, okay, not clinic. But yeah, it's real. Oh. It's been around since 1966. It functions <laughs> as the Department of Ophthalmology for the 
and I hate that I am about to say this. <laughs> the David, you know David Geffen, Geffen School is. of Medicine. The name is sounds that very familiar, but the I can't owner of, of Geffen Records. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> now, oh. now, who is Jules Stein? Okay, the Excellent Jules Stein question. Institute. He was the founder of the Music Corporation of America, which oh was the God. predecessor to Vivendi, oh. who owns Daily Motion, as well as the predecessor oh, no. to Universal Music Group, the largest oh, music man. company in the world. Wow. Yeah. So huh. all of that is, I, I just, yeah. They focus on There's eyesight your, instead of hearing. That explains a lot. Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> Jules Stein did a lot of work just towards vision-related problems, which is very yeah. weird when you're in the audio space. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, that's that's why I made the joke earlier, but I'm sure there's probably some sort of personal connection or actual, probably. yeah. Probably. Like actual Video kills a radio one. star, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to, you know, vote for converting it to a school of op. Ornithology instead of ophthalmology. Mm-hmm. More like hornithology, am I right? Because all uh, those horny pelicans. Hey. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, Court's like, I don't want to go to a doctor. And then Mitch proves that Court does need to go to a doctor by whacking him in the face with a cat. Okay, can we, can we talk uh, about that as like... Uh, uh, because... My note literally says sucker punching someone doesn't prove shit, man. Um, like, <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. how is that? Good? Like, I I have twenty twenty vision. If you sucker punch me, I'm not going to see it. <laughs> well, Reeves, yeah. I have an opposite reason. Okay, and I have it in my notes here. It says insert story about why I got glasses. Okay, so the funny thing about eyesight is that. Your eyes and your ears are very well connected to each other. They both send along similar synapses in the brain. So sometimes the wires get crossed, especially with young children, um, Hmm. because their their brain is still forming. Right. So not everything's going to be obvious to them in terms of processing uh, reactions from the brain. So frequently when young children have eye problems like I did. The wires get mixed up, and they think they can't hear. So when I was a kid, I was sitting really close to the TV, and I was saying, Mom, Dad, I can't hear the TV. And so I said, Mm. okay, so we'll just turn it up, and he's sitting really close. They did a test, and they found out my hearing was actually fantastic. It was Mm. my eyesight was horrible. Um, Interesting. So if anything... uh, Mitch's whole point doesn't make no sense. Uh, yes. Because uh, he said, uh, Court says, no, there's something wrong with your hearing because I said there's nothing wrong with me. And maybe there mm-hmm. is something wrong with someone's hearing. Maybe there isn't. I don't know. But the wires get crossed all the time. Hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry that you guys have good vision. It's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't know the the pleasure of spending money on glasses and staring at that red barn. That's, uh, hey, I I always wanted glasses when I was a kid. Do you do you get the red barn? Nope. Okay, no, so that's if if anybody listening has glasses, they automatically know what the red barn is. If you don't, you have no clue. It's very easy to tell <laughs> when people have contacts because you ask them about the red barn and they know. So, huh. 
You maybe will look it up later. Yeah, I, I probably will. Um, but yes, after this, uh, Manuel gets to show Hobie his secret pelican carving workshop. Um, and we learn that the reason he loves pelicans so much is because when his dad died, uh, his mom told him that pelicans took oh, dad away to heaven, Morgan, could you which please, I thought was very sweet. Could you please read this line here? Sure. One day, when I was six, my father and I were walking on the beach collecting driftwood. We saw pelicans for the first time, and this is the wood we got that day. My father had been sick. He died a week later. My mother told me he went to heaven, and that the pelicans took him there. <laughs> I like very, that last line there. It's very sweet. And yeah. Giant Gonzalez reads it like it's on cue cards. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he spends a lot of time looking off camera at Q yeah. in this episode, um, which doesn't improve his acting. No. I gotta say, no. Um, but yeah, after that, um, Court finally agrees to go to the doctor with Mitch, uh, and it turns out that Court has an eye disease that gives him tunnel vision. Let's let's talk about this eye disease because I also Absolutely. did research on this. Uh, I was curious. So it, it's called retinitis pigmentosa. It's a real mm-hmm. disease. Oh. It's a slowly progressive disease that takes many years. And most patients do not go blind, as opposed oh. to what Dr. Corey says. But what it does right. is it, together, it breaks Corey. Down, <laughs> uh, <laughs> It breaks down the cells in the retina. And so, therefore, Jeez. that's the tunnel vision. Jesus. It also... Right is not caused by injury, infection, anything but inheritance. It is an inherited disorder. Wow. You are born with this disease. Okay. Um, but they are, so they are spot on with the diagnosis that it causes tunnel vision. Thus, you could have great vision in front of you, but your peripheral vision gets worse and worse and worse. Thus, mm. you're like at like a, a, you know, like a needle point with your vision. So you could have 20-20 vision, um, but you can't see. Okay. Um, now, um, there is no cure for it. It is just a degenerative disease. So they also get that right. Mm, okay. Um, this, they do mention a thing about exposure to the sun. I mean, that's just kind of how eyes work. Uh, you shouldn't right. be a, like the more sunlight you have on your eyes, the worse your eyes are going to be. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have any eye diseases, but, like, I also should not be staring right at the sun. Right, exactly. Cowards. So, um, <laughs> it, I I couldn't find any evidence that, like, specifically direct sunlight makes makes the degenerative disease worse. But it is very convenient for a lifeguard plot. Yes, it sure um, is. Because, yeah, Court can no longer be a lifeguard because, you know... He can't see in the sunlight or isn't supposed to. Would you would you like a spoiler for Please. future Baywatch? Mm-hmm. This is not the Wait, last whoa, episode. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> this is not the last episode we see Corden, nor is it the second to last. Um, Does he have the disease in future episodes? Yes. Or is it just completely? Really? And wow. the last episode he will be in, they find Court homeless and blind 
underneath a lifeguard tower. God damn it. Jesus. Which I'm just that's like, bleak. that's the f- most fucked up thing possible. Yeah, no. And yeah. I mean, they kind of, sorry, like yeah. I, I have further notes about how this is kind of treated, but yeah, go on. And I was mm-hmm. just going to say like, that's, that's like the most Emmy bait thing they could have done, which is like, yeah, look, they found this sad, lonely, scared, blind man who they love underneath mm-hmm. a lifeguard tower because it's the only place he felt like home Jesus was Christ. a lifeguard tower. I'm like, that's fucked up, but also like, okay, yeah, maybe that is pretty good writing. Okay, good job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I look for Baywatch. It's good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We got a grade on a very intense curve. Yeah, here. yeah. Um, but yeah, Reeves, you mentioned you had some other notes for this scene. Not for this scene, but just like the um, how that aspect of the spoiler about um, court gets treated mm-hmm. later. So let's yeah. let's go ahead and keep moving on with with how things totally. go on after the doctor's office. Yeah, we uh, you know we learn there's no cure. Court's going to go blind eventually, which you know, as Michael pointed out, is actually probably not true. Yeah. Um, but after this. Uh, Court is wearing his uh, his sunglasses um, because he wears his sunglasses at night. Ooh, cowboy yeah. Devo. Uh, <laughs> he he just hates them so much. And Mitch comes over and the two of them talk about how much Court hates this and he doesn't like it, um, which is fair. Um, but then then we are on the pier. Oh wait, 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 some, wait! Before that, mm-hmm. could you pre- please read this line here uh, for me from Court? CJ is destined for an incurably romantic man. All I have to offer is an incurably blind one. And then Mitch says, "Don't you think that should be her decision?" Yeah, and Court says, "No." <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Great work, um, writers' room. Um, yep. Oh, so yeah, this so was, okay. this was what I meant by having like notes about it later. And like, now that I know yeah. kind of like spoilers, the fate of John D court. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually kind of glad I said it that way. Cause it makes it sound like a Western, um, Ooh. the fate, <laughs> the fate of John D court from the coward, uh, RP anyway, <laughs> from the coward Reeves, Reeves riches. <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> but like, like I don't know, it just like it seems kind of like deeply insulting. Like, <laughs> you, like, yeah. it, it, like the feeling I got from it is like, sorry, you can't be romantic if you use Braille, which is like not true <laughs> on like on yeah. like a massive scale. So it was just sort of like this is weirdly insulting and like in that way. No, um, they, you are a hundred percent correct. And the other very sad thing I will say, this is maybe the best Baywatch has ever handled disability. Oh, cool. Uh, no, there's been I like mean, one or two other. Uh, yeah. There was, there, there was like the episode with uh, Eddie's brother, which was like surprisingly accurately researched. Yeah, that one wasn't terrible. Yeah. But, um, but think about this. Think about this. I'm going to make this worse for both of you. Sure. Imagine. That court in the episode where he's like, yeah, uh, CJ isn't going to love me because I'm not normal or like I have this disability Mm -hmm. and it means that I'm like a freak is in the same episode as the giant Gonzalez plot. Yeah. Makes it worse, doesn't it? Yeah. Sure does. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
speaking of Manny, uh, we're we're heading back to the pier now, where Manny and Hobie are heading, hanging out, and some, and I use this term with the most air quotes that I can possibly wrap around it, uh, gangsters <laughs> start Just. deciding to harass vagrants Manny for for just being too big, <laughs> um, which is maybe the funniest way. Like to be clear, that is absolutely a thing you can bully and harass someone about. You shouldn't, because you shouldn't do that about anything. Um, But it is theoretically possible. But the way (laughs) they go about doing it is they just surround him and say, you're big. Um, (laughs) And it was very I'm very curious Um, in what... But eventually... Morgan, I'm uh, I'm very curious about, in your mind, because you mentioned that that is theoretically possible as bullying... What is mm-hmm. what are the things that are theoretically not possible as far as bullying? <laughs> so ironically enough, someone being too big, because that's definitely a fuck around and find out scenario. Nope, no, but that's theoretically possible, according to Morgan. Yeah. Well, no, I, that's what I mean. It's, it's theoretically would... possible for making fun of somebody for being big. But there's also the chance that if you make fun of somebody for being big, that the reason that they are big is because they are strong. And that is the find out phase. Sure, sure, Absolutely. sure. But I, I get that. But I want to know is what are the things you just couldn't make fun of someone for? The theoretical impossibility mm-hmm. of bullying. That's true. It's a good point. It's you know, honestly, it's not one I've considered that much. I haven't. I haven't considered the um, you know the bullying continuum as much as maybe mm. I should. Mm. Um, but you know, I think I think I'll have to think about it and come back to it. Yeah, I, I would like to know about the, what the anti-bullying world has to say about <laughs> what you can't get bullied for. Yeah, and the answer can't I mean, be everything. At yeah. least from what I was taught as a kid, the one thing you absolutely cannot and will never be bullied for uh, is being part of the Dare program because that's just <laughs> the coolest thing you can do as a teenager. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> aren't there like? Eight It's Always Sunny episodes making fun of Dare. Yes, there are. And also, as I have never been part of Dare, other than me and most of my friends would wear D- Dare shirts because we all smoked a lot <laughs> and we thought it was fun. Yeah, I was going to say, did you do um, that while also doing a ton of drugs? Absolutely. Cool. That that was the entire So okay. that's why those um, teenagers were cool. <laughs> um, uh-huh. <laughs> couldn't help. But yeah, after... They harass Manuel or Manny for a little bit. Um, it, it should also be pointed out that when we say in quotation marks with like the biggest quotation marks possibly the wraparound gangsters, um, they're also like uh, offensively like racist towards uh, Mexican-Americans. <laughs> so, oh, so very yeah, like th- there's a reason that they are. Uh, wrapped <laughs> very <laughs> yeah yeah generously because it's bad yeah yeah agreed yeah Mitch and Mitch and Hobie see this going on but not in time to stop Manny from falling into the water oh no um so Mitch has to go and rescue him it, and this takes a long it, time. but it's our first peer jump of the season it's true it's every true. season oh. has to have a peer jump oh peer jumps are things that yeah. happen oh well I feel I feel special this is my first peer jump then um, so yeah. there's actually an episode uh, early on of season three where they're training summer. And the whole point is to be a lifeguard, you have to learn to jump off the pier. 
Yep, and she's afraid of doing a peer jump. Like, it's so common that they need to justify why you would peer jump. Oh, because it's normal that you would peer jump. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, Also, this this wasn't the thought that I should have had with everything that was happening in this scene. But, um, like, my, my, like, sincere thought was, like, man, this this is not how you make Giant Gonzalez seem like a very scary professional wrestler outside of Baywatch if he's just going to get yeah. bullied by like five or six people and then like thrown off a pier. Because um, <laughs> yep. in, in the wrestling yep. world, he would have fought every single one of them off and then like people yes. would have cheered mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So anyways. Now, now Morgan, I would like to introduce a new segment to our podcast. Oh, oh God. This is, sure. this is a good one. This is going to stand up there oh God. With, with, with the Sonic fighting scale, the Sonic bar awesome. fight scale. And that is our peer jump rating scale. <laughs> okay, On a I'm, scale I'm coming around. of 1 to 10, where 10 mm-hmm. is that scene from Mac and Me <laughs> with the wheelchair <laughs> off the cliff. <laughs> sure, sure. Where does this peer jump land? Uh, so, I don't remember. Um... I watched this episode back when we were originally going to record this episode many weeks ago and and did not rewatch it. Okay. So I don't remember that. Okay. Peer jump very well. Um, okay. Um, so I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Reeves, what about you? Um, so if a 10 is Mac and me. And the scene from the Mac scene, and me, the not the whole from, movie. The scene from Mac and me. Um, yes. And I'm just going to assume one is... Uh, jumping off the pier and missing the ocean. Um, that takes work. I think that's called flying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's let's say. I mean, it, it wasn't slow motion. Um, wasn't very graceful though. But neither was the Mac and me. So, um, I'll. I think I'll also give it a five. I'll give it a five. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very average here. I mean, it's it, it's not super memorable. He just kind of falls off the pier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you, Michael? I'm going to give it a three. I think that wow. there's been better pier jumps. Okay. Mitch has done better ones, more uh, exciting okay. ones, ones with better music. It's just, it's not, when I look for Baywatch pier jumps, I'm not going to go to this episode. That's yeah, cool. if you if you look up like a YouTube video of uh, peer jumps from Baywatch, this probably isn't. Oh, gonna, I'm gonna do that right now. It's it's probably not gonna end up on there. Yeah, yeah this one Baywatch this one was pretty peer jump. Meh. I'm glad I gave you. Um, I'm glad I I glad I added a new thing to your YouTube algorithm. <laughs> uh, dude, my YouTube algorithm is so flawed, <laughs> broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am broken. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Um. But yeah, while uh, while you're looking that up, uh, we've got two more scenes left in this episode, so let's cover them real quick. Uh, yeah, real uh, quick. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, Giant Gonzalez is is saved by uh, by Mitch and Hobie. Yep, yep, yep. And it takes a very long. Yes, time, and I found it. Once. Yes. Um, but now we get a scene in the locker room where CG, CJ confronts Court. 
and Cord is leaving, and he is super angry and tells CJ that he's going blind. CJ's like, I don't care, I still want you. He's like, I can't, I'll be too much of a burden, and you'll grow to resent me. And then he leaves. What, what does he say when he leaves? I don't remember. He says, guess I won't be saying I'll see ya. Oh, yes. He also mentions yeah. that his horse is double parked. <laughs> he does. Um, Which is very funny. This. Uh, okay, I, I do have one comment about the mm-hmm. end of this scene, which is they do kind of have a goodbye kiss between CJ and Court. Um, but they go for mm-hmm. it. That was actually my note. So. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was also in kind of the date scene, too. This kissing was weird, right? Like, it was, like, they go for it, but it's pretty sloppy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I think they, I think they, they're maybe slightly into it, though. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not into it or that, like, it wasn't believable or something. I, I just remember kind of watching it and just being like, I don't know if I would, I don't know. It, it yeah. looked weird. I don't know if I would what? It was like a little much. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, it's a little much for the actors on the, the Ham Baywatch show to go ham with the kissing, you mean? I Yeah. yeah. Wow. Dude, there was, I've, I've seen more. That's I mean, pretty young. Maybe, maybe it's because they get a little bit more, more practice on these programs because this is how they're written, but like. Oh, yeah, this like, is training for the kissing major leagues. Yeah, well, I mean, no, I, I wasn't even going to say that. I was like, I, I've seen more believable kissing scenes from soap operas and stuff. So, like, I this don't know. This is a soap opera, basically. It yeah. is, yeah. but other soap operas are better at it. I don't know. It just, it looked, it looked, it looked kind of, it felt off. I don't know why. Like, the kissing, like, just felt really off for whatever reason. I was like, this, like, doesn't look like either of them are enjoying it. Just kind of, like, trying to make it seem passionate, and it's just looking weird. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, no. Uh, so, yeah, the, then we've got our last scene, which is that Manuel uh, has opened up a booth selling his pelicans, and who's that helping him out? Why, it's Hobie, and Mitch is very proud of both of them, and then the episode ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Dad. Yeah, it's, um... Hey, Dad, do you want to buy a pelican from the Pelican Man? <laughs> Manny sat on the Valdez, <laughs> as we told him that Personally, my thoughts on this episode is that I wish it had been a little bit more pelican brief. <laughs> Didn't shush. Well, on that note, uh, on our season four rating scale... One to ten, mm-hmm. or one is going through puberty a second time because you got recast, and mm-hmm. ten is <laughs> what? that your parents because Hobie got recast. Okay, no, that oh no yeah, no no that is true that is two. true I did notice that yeah yeah and then a ten is your parents are divorced but it's okay because your dad is David Hasselhoff and he's the coolest Reeves what would you give this episode? <sighs> This episode was so fucking boring. Um, <laughs> they like, and I know we just spent like fucking almost two hours talking about it, but the main reason we did was because we were riffing on big dog t-shirts and everything else about it. Um, the big dog. Big dog. Okay. Um, just do it tomorrow. Um, so, well, like, 
sincerely, if you were to ask me, like, gun to my head, what was, like, the peak of this episode, like, the climax of the plot, I, I would just be kind of like, I don't know, man, you're just going to have to fucking kill me. Because, like, it was so <laughs> flat the entire yeah. time. They I don't even I, resolve yeah. the villain. Yeah. They, they, they resolved yeah. it, like, off screen. Like, it was just kind of like, yeah, man, he sat on him and he's free now. And then it's just like slowly freeze frame onto giant Gonzalez's awkward face. And <laughs> as he like tries, <laughs> as he's like given the direction now smile. And he kind of just goes like, eh? um, <laughs> it, like, it, like, cause as, <laughs> cause I gave some pretty bad ratings to the stuff that I, I went through with you guys earlier. And just, I remember for a fact, at least like, those ones at least had plot structure and there was like a climax to the episode and there was like at least like a quick resolution and stuff like that. So there was at least like basic storytelling in it. And this had none of that. It's like uh -huh. stuff happened <laughs> for about not including commercials, 46 minutes. And I was just kind of supposed to just be like, well, that seemed nice. And then walk away from it or something. Um, uh -huh. So because of that, I think I have to make sure that it's lower than my previous rankings. And there isn't even and I know in, in one of my previous uh, episodes, I gave a sickos rating. This one isn't even deserving of a sickos rating. Like it's like there's nothing like mm -hmm. really to kind of like that. It's so bad. It's good sort of thing that at least bolstered, I think, um, part two of Shattered when I watched it with you guys. Mm -hmm. So it's it's Would you like to know what your rating was for part two of Shattered. Uh, it was a it was a three normal and then like the sickos mode, I think, was 10 out of 10, wasn't it? It was an 11 out of 10. It was an 11 out of 10. Yes, because it was so you actually rated Shattered part one lower at a two. Yeah, I mean, then this one, this one is definitely at least a two like um, oh, sorry, at most a two. I might make it a one and a half. I might. You know what? Oh, it's yeah. Like it's. I even watched it a second time to today as like a refresher. And I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> this is just bad. Like I, it's, it's sincerely like a very bad forgettable episode of, of television. So we're, we're going to say one and a half. And, um, wow. Yeah. And I guess I'm supposed to describe now what one and a half is. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. I like, I don't even know how to come up with a joke. Like it was just, <laughs> it was that, it was that forgetful. Like, um, yeah, one and a half is um, you, you go to pick up the broken pelican sculpture that was broken up by someone who's supposed to be your mentor and you cuddle it close to your face because it reminds you of your father. And then that memory is completely ruined by the fact that you're wearing a big dog shirt. So no one can really connect with you as you're the trying to have the super, the super, the super touching scene is just completely undercut by your, uh, t-shirt choice. So that's, that's what a 1.5 is, <laughs> I guess. All right. <laughs> uh, Michael, how about you? What's your rating for this one? Uh, I'm going to give it a four. I think there's, it was similar to, a lot of average episodes of this show, but a little bit worse. Um, you know, I, like th there's average episodes that have just a little bit of a cleaner beginning to end. I I've seen one. I've seen ones that I would classify as a one. And this was nowhere near that for me. But I've also yeah. watched too much of this show. 
<laughs> so this is this has to go up a bit. Um, so I'm going to give it a four. And uh, I'm going to say a four is, have you followed that uh, Garfield Cup drama? <laughs> no. Oh, the one that had a bunch of lead paint? <laughs> yes. Have you been following this, Reeves? Yes. Okay, so That's why viewers, I'm laughing so hard. I love this. <laughs> the listeners. Uh, there's this. But why don't, why don't you tell the listeners about it? Yeah. Y- yes, I will. So McDonald's used to sell this Garfield cup in, in 1978 that says, it's not a pretty life, but someone has to live it. And it turns out that these cups have 10,000 the current day legal amount of lead in them. Um, yep. and, uh, cadmium, yep. which is also very bad. Uh, yep. it is actually considered illegal in Denmark yep. uh, just <laughs> at all. Uh, and our state, the state of Washington has a cadmium limit of 40 PPM. Um, but in, um, the case of this thing, uh, it's 75 PPM, I think. Um, mm. Yeah, so it's just, like, completely super illegal. Um, and my favorite part is that... Um, now, I did. I saw Reeves earlier this week, and I made a joke that I am, like, the keeper of Garfield knowledge. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people who know Garfield better than me. Specifically, my favorite one is YouTuber Quentin Reviews, who has become famous recently for doing eight-hour videos on Nickelodeon TV shows, which are amazing videos. Um, Reeves, don't you say nothing because you watch four-hour sport documentaries um, <laughs> that I also watch. But uh, why do you think I'm silent right now? <laughs> I uh, respect. Um, Thank you. <laughs> that's why. Um, and uh, he is a big Garfield fan because, like, it was when he was a kid, his dad would the thing his dad would do every day, like to show that like he loved him was he would print out a by hand, a new Garfield comic and give it to him and read it along with him. So he was like, wow, wow. this is the thing that makes me think of my dad. Um, and so he went on this tour or this trip to go visit like the creation of Garfield and all this stuff. And his big thing was, um, uh, Jim Davis has uh, Garfield was his third comic. But he always kept the second comic hidden. So he had his first comic. Then he wrote another one for a while. But he basically disowned it and tried to hide all, like, knowledge of it. So what Quentin did was he made the first ever, uh, like, library of that second comic and put it up online digitally. Uh, which is wild. So he's basically doing his part to like preserve Jim Davis stuff, which is cool because the Garfield foundation really loved that after they decided to get over themselves. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, so he owns the cup. (laughs) Like he has one of the cups and he had drank from it in the past. Oh, Oh no. And goes, Oh no, I own the cup. And now that people know about this, more people are just going to send me the cup, probably, <laughs> because that's how the Internet works. That's true. That's fair. Yeah. That's and he fair, goes, that's a fair that's a fair observation. What am I going to do with all of this lead? 
And then he goes, of course I fucking know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put it in every fucking video I ever make ever. Wonderful. Because <laughs> that would be funny. Um, yeah. And it is indeed very funny. Um, but that's what it makes me think of. Because the four, a four rating is, you have a lead cup. That will probably kill you. However, it is the most inherently funny <laughs> lead-filled cup possible because it is Garfield. And yeah. you own one, you drink out of it, but you know that like 40 bajillion people are going to send you theirs as a decent bit of comedy. And that's funny. Mm-hmm. And that's a four. So, yeah. so Morgan. yeah. Before yeah, we... You did mention at least the one that I saw where I found out this news. Um, you did mention like what it depicts, right? Like, yes, it's Garfield in a hammock. And has- oh, I didn't mention the hammock. Okay, <laughs> it's it's so it's Garfield in a hammock with a thought bubble that says it's not a pretty life, but somebody has to live it, and it's filled with you know lead, <laughs> cadmium, right. Yeah. So it's just sort of like, I, like, oh no, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, like hindsight being 2020 is just like, I don't want that on a cup. It's filled with lead. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> the tweet I sent you about this reuse was McDonald's Garfield mug that gives you super cancer is an insanely good bit. That gives you what? Super cancer. It's, yeah. Super it's cancer. The, it's yeah. an insanely good bit. Yeah. Super cancer. Um, yeah. Um, oh my so god. So Morgan, uh, what would you rate this episode? Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with a lot of what's been said. It was not a particularly memorable episode. Um, you know, uh, Giant Gonzalez is not, shall we say, a good actor. Um, but you know, I, I thought it was fine and i liked the pelicans i thought they were cool wood carvings uh so yeah i'm gonna agree with michael on this and i'm also gonna give it a four um and i'm going to say that a four is the experience of uh having your dad die but it's okay because uh you know what they say instead of from birth to grave it's from stork to pelican I don't know that, but okay. <laughs> News to me. God um, damn mm-hmm. it. So, uh, quickly, before we get into talking about the next episode, I do want you... Mm-hmm. There are three INDB reviews that are all wildly different. Sure. The first one is our one out of ten all right. from Bombers Fly Up that says, The annoying court is back for an episode, then off to live every day as if it were his last. Which is what he's been doing the whole time anyway. Hobie mm-hmm. and the Gonzalez guy that appeared in WWF are here. One of the worst episodes, I reckon. Okay. Then mm. we have a 5 out of 10 from Sandcrab722 titled, Is Court Seeing His Eye Doctor? I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> and they say, Court looks terrible. He sees terrible. He woos Casey Jean. Ooh, high drama. Hobie likes circus monsters, but they like <laughs> pelicans. Wow. Ooh, more high drama. Pamela, predictably, visually satisfying. Watch with the sound off. But they did give it a that, five out of ten. Mm, that's, mm, I, don't, mm, I yeah. don't, I don't like that review. <laughs> no. Now, 
I give you a nine out of ten. <laughs> what? <laughs> From someone who has not reviewed an episode of this show before. Fucking liar. Uh, huh. This is a nine out of ten review by the Fear Makers titled One of the Great Ones. Okay, and here's their wow. review. For this show, a six rating is like a nine for movies. And this is one of the best season four episodes where uh, the B story. Oh, no. I know. I know. About a B story about a giant freak show guy who carves wood into pelicans, befriending Hobie, and with a bullying boss is the best. Better than a guy who looks like a Nick Parks creature losing his eyesight and romancing CJ. Great stuff. Corny and fun and interesting. No summer here, though. It's a CJ episode. It's either one or the other. Something something must have been going on in the set for these two to always be separated. And so that's uh, that's their review. Now, let's talk about our next... Yeah. <laughs> um, also, all of them were way more annoyed by the actor playing Court than I was, apparently. I, like, I, I'm not yeah. annoyed by Court. But it was no, fine. I, like, I thought he was fine. Yeah. 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 Um, let's talk about the next episode. The next episode <laughs> is called Skywriter. The Baywatch wiki description is, Summer has love problems when Slade returns from a world surfing tour to discover Matt and Summer dating. And CJ is pursued by a jumpy, bungee jumping balloonist. Meanwhile, Garner patrols the ho- me, eh. Meanwhile, Garner patrols the beach on horseback. Now, the INDB description is Summer becomes a nervous wreck after her former flame, Jimmy Slade, suddenly returns to town after months of traveling as a professional surfer, and both he and a jealous Matt compete for her affections. The stress of Summer's problems triggers her long-repressed bulimia. Oh, CJ no. deals with her own romance problems when her current boyfriend, a hot air balloon rider named Simon, won't take no for an answer to go away. Meanwhile, God. Garner begins to patrol the beach on horseback to help Mitch catch a pair of purse snatchers. Wow. Great mm-hmm. stuff, Baywatch. Truly Truly great stuff. I, um, Speaking of, yeah, that all sounds like Mad Libs. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Sp- speaking of great stuff that sounds like Mad Libs, Reeves Richards. Thank you. <laughs> that was a bad lead. Uh, <laughs> speaking of great fair. stuff, speaking of great stuff, Reeves. Reeves, thank you for joining us again. Oh no problem. Oh. Uh, you know, I I rag on on Baywatch uh, basically every single time that you've had me on, but it, it's always nice. You should. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's it's always nice to be with both of you and just you know to shoot the shit for a couple hours and talk nonsense about. Um, mid 90s television that's bad and how how we can at least try and make fun of it yeah yeah yeah. Um, speaking of not bad reeves (laughs) yeah care to kind of tell people where they can find you uh yeah so um my name is reeves uh i am a dj for kexp which is radio station in seattle uh my show is usually um overnights on saturday night through sunday morning two to six a.m um it's a lot of fun. If you want to check it out live, you can listen in at kexp.org. If you have what I will politely call a normal sleep schedule, um, mm. you can check <laughs> yeah. it out in the uh, archive of the two weeks at kexp.org slash 
archive. Um, I play a pretty wide range of stuff. Um, I'm on after the metal show and I'm on before our ambient neoclassical show. So I'll just say that I play everything in between those two genres. <laughs> Uh, that Do you play fit. songs about Pelican Men? Uh, I play the band Pelican, which is a very awesome post-metal uh, metal band out of Chicago. Um, and you should really check out their earlier stuff if you have never heard of them. Um, you instrumental on your next next show, play Youth Lagoon's Pelican Man? I will have to listen to it. Um, I do. Well, no, it's like, uh, cause the thing is, is that I, I know I've played youth lagoon on my show before, but I don't know if I've played that song specifically. So, well, it'd be fitting. Uh, and yep. also you see, this one goes out to my homies, <laughs> the Pelican man, you, my Pelican men, homies, you, the Pelican man, you stupid Pelican, Pelican man. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to buy a pelican um god what a strange episode of television um but yeah so that's that's what i do there and um you can follow my nonsense on social media on instagram and twitter under the handle at kexp dj reeves r-e-e-v-e-s as in keanu and that's my spiel awesome well yeah seriously thank you so yeah. much for Coming back on, and I'm sure we'll have you on again. Oh, I, I know, um, and I, I'm ensnared. <laughs> I, like I, it's a curse. You can't nope. Just- it's I am I am tarnished. Um, Don't worry, Reeves. <laughs> the next time you 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 are back on this podcast, you may be seeing a little bit more Hulk Hogan than normal. Fuck, <laughs> fuck Hulk Hogan. Um, <laughs> fuck that jabroni. Fuck Hulk that Hogan. jabroni Hulk Hogan. Oversized male model. Um, <laughs> I look forward to make fun and uh, making fun of Hulk Hogan then, because he he deserves because I mean, he deserves it. Um, however, if we see Sting, I will do nothing but praise him. <laughs> uh, My priorities are straight. God damn it! <laughs> I think I think he is in an episode of Baywatch. Ah, uh, yeah. I will give you money to bring me back on the episode of Bev Baywatch that Sting is on. I think. Both Stings. I think Sting the Musician and Sting the Pro Wrestler are both on Baywatch. I will give you money for the Pro Wrestling one and potentially the Musician <laughs> one. Uh, you yep. say that, but Raves, the Pro Wrestling, the the Pro Wrestling episode of this show will be our biggest episode for sure of this podcast. Um, so, uh, no offense, I may need extra money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or someone bigger, I don't know. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Lots of money. Um, but yeah, until we uh, until we find out the fate of Sting on this show, the only thing that remains left to say is thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I am at Morgan P. Thrap. I'm at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T, S-N-I-T. And just re- we'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips, brother. And pelican men, brother. You stupid pelican man. You stupid pelican man.